Hank Hill says goodbye. Martin Lawrence talks up a blue streak, and DuckTales solidifies its legacy. This week on Welcome to 302010, ladies and gentlemen, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, where we take you back 30, 20, and 10 years into the past. This is season four for us, uh, but that we, sh- I, we never say that because it makes everything too stupid and confusing. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> more, more appropriately, we're talking about September 13th to the 19th in the year of 1989, 1999, and 2009. We're going to tell you what movies came out, some big news stories that happened, television shows that said hello and goodbye, uh, as well as some video games and some music minutia. Hi, one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Uh, I'm Diana Goodman. Like, I'm going to let you finish, but oh, no. Sarah is the best host of all time. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> all time. Uh, that is the stupidest research I ever did for last week's episode. Because <laughs> I just I thought it would be the... God damn, I had to actually read a timeline of that dumb... Few... Sorry, who else is with us? Oh, it's me, Sarah's body. <laughs> Hint, hint. Uh, welcome, everyone, to 302010. We're looking back 30, 20, 10 years ago, but as always, we're going to start with 1989, September 13th to the 19th. Um, and on the 17th on the seventeenth of September, this is always very confusing for me, Hurricane Hugo hits the Southeast and Caribbean, killing 71 and causing about $8 billion in damages. Mm, mm-hmm. But I'm so old and have lived in Florida for so many of those years. Did Some people don't know how hurricanes are named. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's alphabetical. It is. Right. Alternating men's and women's names. And if you live long enough, they repeat themselves. Yes. This is not the only hurricane. I've been through like two Hurricane Hugos. Right. Uh, oh. Yeah. So. But. And they get named too in a way that like, I don't, I can't remember exactly what the criteria is to get named, but it's mm-hmm. some classification. But generally the first hurricane we hear of, it, mm-hmm. we're already in like the E's, yep. F's, like H's, because I guess a bunch happen that we just they just peter, peter the out, fuck out and we just don't know including hurricane mm. peter mm. let's hope we don't get to the peas this oh, year God. good lord could you imagine i mean yes. i remember yeah <laughs> well i remember when i was in fifth grade we got to the o's and hurricane opal hit right. uh pensacola oh, right. that was pretty bad yeah all right all those people with the v names and the y names and i'll never get to them yeah i mean it would have to be like a ton of little storms or like a really horrible year to get to like hurricane victor yeah. Is, is that a romantic? I'm sure, it's happened. Is that a romantic gift you could get your girlfriend? Like I named a hurricane after you. Like, mm. yeah, it turns well, out Noah no, can be bribed. Because, because then, like they they characterize you like on TV. That's actually a specific thing that's in the AP style book. Is like, you know, the hurricane has a woman's name. Don't start saying like, oh, Katrina's really angry and <laughs> she's being a giant bitch about things. Blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, don't. Don't personify the thing. That's especially not with sexist language. That is yeah. literally a style. Like that, <laughs> it's nothing yeah. to do with grammar. That's a preference. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the opposite in referring to hurricanes. Ooh, she was catty today. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dorian woke up, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Refused to hit Alabama. Sorry, I hope that's not still going on by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> but also, also in the news, and I just think it's cute. Uh, like hot on the heels of currently Apple announcing its first inexpensive. Less expensive iPhone than previous years. 
uh, 30 years ago this week uh, at 14 pounds and almost $6,000. Apple debuts its first new portable Macintosh computer. Wow. Six. I remember them. Grand. Little guys. Uh, six grand in that in eighty nine money. That's got to be 10. like seven thousand dollars today. That's got to be at <laughs> least double. Yeah. No, it's it seems like it's about double from like the mid late eighties. Wow. Wow. So you got Hurricane Hugo, Apple's first portable computer, nineteen eighty nine in a nutshell. Everyone, let's get to the movies. Um, starting with True Love, starring Annabella Sciorra and Ron L. Durd. Michael and Donna are about to tie the knot. The bride and the groom ain't supposed to see each other on the night of the bachelor party. Yeah, what's the big deal? He wants to. She wants to. Okay. But getting to the altar isn't quite that easy. From MGM UA Home Video comes the critically acclaimed romantic comedy that took top honors at the 1989 United States Film Festival. So what do you want from my life, huh? Their only mistake was saying, I do. True love. This seems excruciating. Mm. <laughs> the United States Film Festival. The United States. That sounds the real. The United States Film Festival. I cannot find much. I, I didn't really bother looking into that. I saw it did open at Sundance. I did spot Aida Torturo in there. Looking Ooh. like the same she did on The Sopranos. Fucking like, Janice. Oh, yeah, fucking Janice. Janice. Like never aged. Uh, also, this ad, though, it's it's the ad for video distributors. If right. you go to the end, they talk about you get a free poster and you should stock this in your in your store. It only costs ninety dollars. Wow. <laughs> Comes with a free Ron Eldert suction cup toy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's like, look, I love Annabella. She are in pretty much anything. But I don't care. It looks like my big fat Brooklyn wedding. Mm. I, I'm yeah. not interested. I'm sure, you know, it's probably fine. Probably is cute. Whatever. Got a little mystic pizza thrown in there, I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the theme of all the movies in this segment, uh, such as the same with Terry Hatcher, Jennifer Jason Lee, J.T. Walsh, Emily Longstreth, and Kevin Bacon in The Big Picture. Get out of my office and go write me a movie. From the co-creator of This Is Spinal Tap, a film that could have been called This Is Hollywood. Your project is Why dead. wasn't it? There's no place for independent vision inside the Hollywood studio, so you got to sell out if you want to make the big picture. And suddenly, without anybody even realizing it, three stewardesses show up on their doorstep. All this month, only on the independent... <laughs> yeah, so another place where, yeah, I couldn't find a good ad, so it's an no. early independent film channel. They're trying to sell it. So I watched this last night, mm. um, and it is the directorial debut of Christopher Guest. That's fucking awesome. nuts. That's right, because Rob Reiner did Spy Don't Tap, and I think people right. forget that. Well, yeah. even though he's um, in the movie. <laughs> and, like, as I'm watching this, because it's about, like, this film student, and he wins an award, and now he starts getting, like, a contract to make a movie, but, oh, they're ruining all his ideas with their crass Hollywoodness, and the sexy lady is trying to seduce him away from his boring girlfriend, and it's like, Maybe this had teeth at the time, but mm -hmm. this is so, like, obvious. Like, mm -hmm. I know all of this. Yes. Oh, it turns out behind the scenes in Hollywood is pretty nutty. Yeah. It's like, in three years' time, the player's going to come along and say everything this movie does, and then some. Right. I get them so confused. So much better. Is, this is the movie. Is it with Kevin Bacon sit, like, hanging out in a film yeah. strip? Yeah. <laughs> or is that the player? Uh, I cannot remember. I think it's the player. <laughs> I think maybe he's like sitting sideways in a director's chair or okay. something like that. Mm -hmm. We watched this movie too, 
in preparation because Sam, this is one of those movies Sam saw a bunch as a kid because I think it was an HBO mm-hmm. One of those uh, ones. And, yeah, I mean, I thought it was cute. And, you know. It was cute. It was fun to see all these young people being young and fresh. And Terry Hatcher is very, very beautiful in it. Okay. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who saw this so we can appreciate Terry Hatcher's hair. Whoa. I literally just sent Chris a picture. I took a screen grab of her hair is more than a foot in every direction. It's amazing. It's the biggest perm I have ever seen. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. It had to be one of those things where it was like, yeah, Terry had to get to set four hours before it, everyone else. It to, doesn't uh, so much look like sit makeup. It doesn't look so much like a haircut, but like one of those things at the fair you stick your face through. And like, <laughs> like it's it's she's mostly hair and it, it is real and it is spectacular. It's uh, a <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's it's a good Terry uh, Hatcher reference. Uh, it's like an aura around her, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy and shit. also, I do have to say, the best part of this movie, much like many movies, was Martin Short. Who Fuck also yes. has a great perm. In his little Fuck orphan yes. Annie wig. <laughs> yeah, or That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah he's, he's so got good. This, this little orphan Annie wig. And he plays this uh, uh, agent. And he's just constantly, like, in the middle of everything. He says something. And then he just does this half-lidded stare off yes. into the distance. Yes. That's and like- you're like, it's the weirdest but creepiest but funniest thing I've ever seen him do. <laughs> I feel like I've seen him do that in other things. It's like kind of a signature. It's kind of almost a little cross-eyed in a way. Like it's like he's yeah. looking at a magic eye poster. Is it like his Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> his Nathan Slurm character. It's one of my favorite things Martin Short does. Mm. Uh, I know yeah, that. We get Why to talk we? about him uh, later on in the show Ooh, as well. He might be a coast to coast thirty twenty tenner this week. Um, and uh-huh. wow, a movie I've watched way too much. Holy shit. Richard Jenkins, William Hickey, Michael Rooker, uh, John Goodman, Ellen Barkin, and Al Pacino in the horribly titled Sea of Love. There's some psycho woman out there killing guys. I want to know how we catch her. Your guy put an ad in a singles magazine, right? We put in our own ad. He went undercover to catch a killer. I believe in animal attraction. I believe in this. Now he's either found the love of his life. She's a suspect, Frank. Or the end of it. What are you looking for? Huh? Al Pacino. Don't you move! Sea of Love. Rated R. A thriller of the highest order. Of the highest arousal. And I, I think I, I got this because I bought the Al Pacino DVD collection back in the day. Mm. And this this came with like this came with like Scarface, Carlito's Way, it, like Pacino movies. Sure. And, and, yeah. and, then the, and then there was this one. So like I, I just I can't even. It feels quaint. Like I got it, and so yeah, of course I popped this on ten or eleven times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it's I don't I can't call it remarkable. It's 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 a competent little thrilly. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, it's kind of notable that this is Pacino's comeback. He mm. he didn't work for four years. Mm. Yeah, after I think it's eighty five or eighty four's Revolution, which was a massive bomb. Um, he just stopped working, and it was like, oh my god, Pacino's back doing Pacino-y stuff. It's like a gruff drinking detective guy, and he's on the looking for this killer. It could be Ellen Barkin, but they're also getting sexy times together. Right. And no, no. And, if I'm in any job I'm in, I will first investigate Ellen Barkin. That's what I will do. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good bet. Yeah. 
That's, you should a little bit. She, she I thought she was check. the hottest lady in the world uh, back in the eighties. Yeah, she is super hot in this movie. Yeah, and and yes, she still nud- got it. There is nudity. She still so has wonderful. it. Wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful. And I feel like this whole conceit of stalking people through personal ads was a real <laughs> trope for Single a while there. Male. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and others. I feel like it came up a lot. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like a, it feels like every other Law and Order episode. Yeah, they resort to personal ads <laughs> involving killing ladies. I and, mean, Law and Order's got to be excited when Craigslist came along because it really like, oh great, we get to have the storyline back again. <laughs> and I do, I don't remember. And I'm going to spoil the ending for you, which oh, is why yeah. I pronounced Michael Rooker's name in such a way because he's not in the movie yeah. very much until nope. the end. Uh-huh. Uh, no, that is the that is some bullshit. It I really call is. bullshit on this. Looking at reviews. <laughs> Roger Ebert called bullshit on this. Like, you can't have a mystery movie where it turns out it was aliens. Okay? You can't just... (laughs) He wasn't there the whole time. You give us a bunch of suspects, and it's going to be one or more of them. The serial killer is the ex-husband of Ellen Barkin? Like... Right. How, how did we get here? Hmm. <laughs> right. But it's like Murder on the Orient Express. The the answer isn't ninjas. <laughs> I mean, Although it'd be funny if it were. What if it? But was? that's not it. Why is this guy yeah. killing everyone but his ex wife? Like, what sense does that make? He's framing her for murder. Frame oh, okay. And, or he uh, could just kill her. If he seems to have not a problem with killing, maybe. I think. Maybe he should. Have I feel like it's the uh, the torture aspect of it. Hmm. Mm. And we got, well, we got some good yes. sexy scenes out of it. Moving on to television, 1989, uh, September 13th to the 19th. We have a big week for television this I guess week. so, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Getting into the debuts. Mm-hmm. Mr. Belvedere, the second biggest baseball episode of all time. Yeah, I pulled it just called The Field. It premiered on the 16th. But uh, the, sec- the, the, the second most interesting thing about Mr. Belvedere and balls. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I love a good Brock Toon story. <laughs> I feel like I hear that story every year on someone else's podcast. Like... Oh, that's pro- I, I, I just know it because I've always heard it and laughed. And then Doug Benson was like, yeah, I was on set when it happened. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and he yep. told the whole story. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls, had to go home. It's not even that big a deal. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think the same thing happened to me in summer camp in kickball. Nobody's telling that story anymore. Took one of the nuts, went home. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but the field, special guest stars. Uh, no, we don't have uh, Jose Canseco. Uh, look, the Simpsons softball episode. Mm. Ah, no one would remember the name Steve Sachs if not for that episode. But uh, this, these special guests are Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Reggie Jackson, Johnny Bench, and Ernie Banks. Yeah. Damn. I'm not sure. I think I mean, one of these people is still alive. I'm and not a maybe. baseball person, but mm-hmm. I imagine if you were a little kid and this episode came on, you were into baseball, this had to be like yeah. the highlight of your month. That was probably. probably pretty cool. Yeah. So that's why I pulled it because, yeah, if you remember baseball, you're into it. I bet you remember this episode. Mm-hmm. The uh, field yeah. is what I mean, this is one like the parents are watching. Like, they'll right. probably be like, oh, let me tell you about Hank Aaron. You know, and the kid will be like, I've heard of Hank Aaron. Yep. <laughs> I did and a book report. It's for on learning. It. It's for learning. Now we can all learn. Mm. Yes. I'm going to skip the thing that happened the next day because we'll go to cover that last. Okay. But the uh, 17th Sister Kate debuts a, a sitcom. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty cute little conceit. Uh, Sister Kate is a nun and a biblical archaeologist, which is a <laughs> super cool job. Like, didn't even think about how. Yeah, that probably does exist. Yeah, Tom Hanks did it in three movies, I there think. There you go. Um, probably with the same hair as Stephanie Peacham. Yeah. And then I guess she gets... No, uh, Kate Mulgrew. Oh, my bad. Yeah. And then she gets called 
back and has to, I don't know, run an orphanage, I think. She's yeah. in charge of a bunch of little kids, basically. And I guess hijinks. Is one of them Jason Priestley? Jason yep. Priestley is in there, yep. It can't be a kid. I mean, he was only 30 when Beverly, he was playing a high schooler in Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You He's know, a all those all those ages are real mushy. I mean, we just found out on Beverly Hills 90210 that um, Gabrielle, the I, one that everyone was like the old the old yeah. teenager was actually like thirty <laughs> yeah. and like lied and said she was sixteen when she tried out. So look, all these teenagery teenagers, they are not really teenagers Mm-mm. except nope. for one of the shows we'll be talking about. Ooh, okay. On the 18th of September, Alien Nation debuts. That's two words. Mm-hmm. No James Conn. Yep. What was the deal? This is a was this a theatrical movie or a Fox backdoor pilot? No, this it oh, was a Siri. movie that we covered yeah. a while ago, and and then they turned it into a series. It turned into a short-lived series on Fox, and then became like a long-running series of movies right. tv movies that it only had happened. one season and okay. then the fans just loved it so it's much pretty crazy yeah that they kept bringing it back for five tv movies between 1994 and 1997 that's pretty fucking nuts. wow it's cool that's I mean, pretty that's nuts. Awesome. i'm a serenity fan we got one big movie right. and then it just shut the door on firefly yeah <laughs> but alienation man jesus in a smaller world with no internet y'all must have been loud yeah. uh i pulled this... a little promo for it Ooh. Eternal youth. You look pretty good. How old are you? About uh, 70. One doctor is selling it to humans. You think Trenner takes a little piece of newcomer, puts it in a human being, and bingo, you lose 10 years? But the cost is alien lives. You think he's a murderer? Prepare yourself for Alien Nation Monday. Yeah, Alien Nation, if we didn't say it, it was a odd immigrant story, essentially. Like, aliens mm-hmm. come down, live among us. They have weird heads, but dress just like us and... Yeah, it, it's, it's 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 hard sci-fi, but not high sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's, well, what do you mean by high sci-fi? Uh, in terms of like, there's not a lot of spaceships, ray oh, guns, I see, I see. any shit like that. Gotcha. But like, this is what most sci-fi short stories were about. Like, what right. happens when we finally settle together and live among one another? Yeah, I mean, and, it still retained a lot of the social issue yeah. conversation parts that the movie did apparently. district nine in a much wider world mm-hmm. and <laughs> wider with a d or a t with a t okay um speaking <laughs> of wider world oh, oh boy man. a show i n- remember the name of and the theme song sort of but the theme not I a feel lick like of it gets stuck in my head all the time <laughs> Major Dad. Major Dad. so happy. Major Dad it debuts this week. And mm-hmm. was there what? Why do I have this show in my head at all? Like I don't know because we were not a big Major Dad family. Nobody but it was. Must have come on <laughs> when at some point around another show. Around I was watching. another show. Yeah, because I remember the opening pretty clearly. And also, I just I don't know why I've always just really liked Gerald McGraney. Maybe yeah. because he had the good sense to marry Delta Burke, but um, <laughs> he just always seemed like such a charming guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know jack shit about this show, but I swear I watched a bunch of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was never anything yeah. I watched on purpose. Well, you know, I mean, well, it's. I think it's a pretty straightforward idea for a story. Mm. You know, he's right. a dad he's, and he's, he's a major, a, what, Marine Corps major mm-hmm. or Naval major. I forget. He's a super tough military guy, and he marries a woman. They've got three little girls, and he's in a house full of women. And he's like, oh, the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. What's a conservative to do in Reagan's world? Uh, well, I guess it's a Bush 
HW World? World? Yeah. HW World. HW World. But a show I did see. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will though say that it's like, it's weird because I think of Gerald McCraney as entirely dramatic now. I mean, mostly off a of dead one. That's, that's mm. who he is ingrained in my brain now. And remembering like, oh, right, he can do comedy. He's mm. funny. Yeah. But mostly because he's such a good straight man. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I also remember him a lot from the television program Promised Land. Where it came on after Touched by an Angel, and he traveled Uh, around with his family in an RV around America, helping people. (laughs) It was very wholesome. I was trying to think, like, wait, did they do miracles or something? But I don't think so. I think they just helped people. Mm. It's very sweet, very wholesome. And the show I do remember. Ooh, this show. It's hard to forget with a name like this. Uh, Belinda Montgomery, James B. Syking, Max Casella? And Neil Patrick Harris uh, and Doogie Howser, MD. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep. Talk boop, about boop. a theme song. This is so barely a song at this point. <laughs> but, but, but I love it. And I don't know. It was like, it was, I think there was a bunch of parents who made their kids watch this show. It wasn't, yeah. in, in, in school, it would have its occasional special episode, but mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. really because Doogie Howser was beyond those years. Mm-hmm. He was, because I was asking you, how does the show debut? Oh, so he's already a doctor. He's already a doctor. Yeah. So he's a 14-year-old wonderkind uh, mm-hmm. Doogie Hauser, uh, Neil back, Patrick Harris. I, so you'll be happy to hear that it's all on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I went back yeah. and watched the first episode just to refresh. And it opens with him doing his driving test and being super nervous about it because he's a doctor who can't drive. Yet, <laughs> which is adorable. <laughs> and then they come across... Um, some sort of medical emergency that's happening. So he pulls the car over and he like bossing people around and what? He's a child. How would he know that you need to do? Oh, pop this guy's leg back in joint. That's what he did. <laughs> and uh, and he did it. And then it was like, whoa, yeah. I mean, I was Doogie Hauser was my first crush. Really? That was not a cartoon. Wow. Yes. Mm. I, I got some bad news for you. I hate to tell I you that know. thing, though. You know, it really set a tone for the rest of my life, I feel like. <laughs> uh, Doogie Hauser's the first kid-based, has the first kid-based gay panic episode I can remember. Oh. But it's mostly Max oh. Cassell, like, Doog, I think he's trying to kiss me, Doog. Yeah. What do I do? And <laughs> his voice, oh, seems gross, man. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> really hate that idea. Uh, but I, I, I remember jumping on this way later on and it was just like the the kid aspect of it was almost gone Mm -hmm. and i i didn't there was nothing appealing about the show to me i mean the first episode also i kind of want to go back now and like Mm -hmm. pick and choose some things just to see how much they really keep up with if it just turns into a hospital dramedy or if it mm -hmm. if they do keep up with some of the stuff because i mean also in the same first episode he goes to a high school dance with a girl Mm -hmm. that he has a crush on and then he's describing how he's going to get his first kiss and it involves while they're slow dancing Mm -hmm. licking her earlobe women used to really like that in the 80s (laughs) for some reason i was told to suck an ear perplexed by yeah yeah. (laughs) it was it's definitely um an interesting concept for sure. And I, if you think of it, it's it's it created by Stephen Bochco and David E. Kelly. Yes, I didn't even know they worked together. Yeah. that's it, like a super team up, right? It, it, it is sort of brilliant because it bounces between hospital drama and teenage drama. Mm-hmm. So in a smaller world, like yeah, let's see if the kids are don't change the channel for this shit. It's mm-hmm. got everything for both of them in an hour long uh, drama comedy. And uh, yeah, I feel like it didn't 
It didn't go much longer than five seasons, did it? It was four seasons. Four, four. seasons. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was. And it was half hour, not not a full hour. Oh my so bad. I thought like it was an hour. Just enough. To, I feel like that's part of the reason why they did very special episodes. Mm-hmm. Is like they gotta get to the point and wrap it up so fast. Mm. <laughs> it's like maybe if it had been an hour long and all these stories and characters got to breathe a little bit, it wouldn't feel so forced. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I just I remember there constantly being very special episodes. I looked at a little bit of like the reviews from the time and there, it was Ooh. basically like this is very fluffy and nice, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. don't expect too much from it. Well, I, I think you'd leave if you're looking to appeal to both adults and children, you'll probably both a little unsatisfied. Sure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're five, like I was, it was <laughs> the coolest show ever because I always had wanted to be a doctor at some point and i don't know i just i just loved it he was so cute <laughs> he still is. he is so yeah he's always been cute it's not it's fair true. he's hoarding all the cute and his halloweens are the best halloweens mm. his family costumes i look forward to it every year to be like oh what are they gonna dress up that's as? true <laughs> it is pretty cute. so cute like oh my god that's like my one reason to want to be like rich and famous is so that I can hire professional makeup artists and costumers for mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah. Oh, that would be so much fun. I mean, oh, Heidi Klum. My favorite. Did it happen two years in a row to Kristen Bell where a kid made her dress up as Elsa? Yes. The character she yeah. didn't play in Frozen? <laughs> yes. Like, it's so mean. It's so mean. Very rude. Uh, I also have to say that I've never forgotten. I remember the episode where Doogie is like romancing his girlfriend and he drives his van over to her house and plays wild thing you make <laughs> you make my heart sing that one not no. not the tone loco one yeah not the tone loco um and stands on top of his van and like does a dance and i remember thinking that was the most romantic thing i had ever seen in my life oh yeah wow all yeah. right i'll try it tomorrow let's okay. see how let's see how, let's see if i end up on the news sure and, <laughs> and, and and we have to we have to move into video games wait we got well, one more tv thing oh that's right because it's it's the Emmy season. uh and it was hosted by John Larroquette. I went to look in, at huh. the opening monologue to see if there was, um, you know, anything worth pulling out. And I do, I didn't pull anything because there wasn't any like great clips. But mm-hmm. I do have to say, it opens with a pretty good like montage explanation and celebration of the past fifty years of TV, starting at the very beginning. Wow! So yeah, um, if you had yeah, a couple of minutes, it would, it would be sort of the fiftieth anniversary of television, right? Weird. I and, mean, like, they experimented with it a lot, but I think officially it, it debuted at the 1939 World's Fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, Franklin Roosevelt's the first first president on television. I love telling people that because they're like, ah! Mm-hmm. Yep, it's that fucking old. Yeah. So if you, you know, it's a cute little montage. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I don't, I don't know when the monologue for the Emmys actually started. Because mm. I don't think they used to do that, really. Because yeah. now, now you turn to these award shows and it starts out with like an epic takedown of everyone mm-hmm. in the room, and like mm, it definitely didn't it was never that way in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it was very yeah, self serious. Yeah, television is inspiring and touching people yeah. around the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. blah blah blah. Yeah, now they practically roast everybody. I right. love that. Right, and uh, and okay, okay so, so what? We run through some winners. Let's yeah. go through some winners. Outstanding comedy series. Cheers, baby. I can get behind. God damn yeah. I can get behind that. L.A. Law wins on for Outstanding Drama Series on uh, NBC. I'm okay with that. Diana's okay with that. And uh, Outstanding okay. Variety Music or Comedy Program, Tracy Ullman Show beating out every other like late-night comedy show, which is, uh, I yeah. would say, kind of an upset. Including Tap Dance in America on PBS? <laughs> PBS trying to compete <laughs> with Arsenio robbed. and SNL. Robbed, I tell you. <laughs> 
What about a tap dancing marathon <laughs> instead? Let's just go the other way with it. Stealing Van Casten of his character. Um, Gary Marbles. Uh, <laughs> um, is this a, a fucking tie for Outstanding Drama Comedy Special, Day One, and Roe versus Wade? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know we covered things? Roe versus Wade. Covered- What's it about? <laughs> well, boating. <laughs> oh, uh, man. And day one was about the Manhattan Project. Right. Yeah, neither yep. a comedy. Um, I'm kind of shocked, though, that Warren Remembrance beat Lonesome Dove for Outstanding Miniseries. Mm. I think that's actually wrong. Sorry. And Warren Remembrance, Remembrance is very good, but it's very big. Yeah. Heavy. Ponderous, even. Compared wow. to Lonesome Dove. And one of the other nominees was I Know My First Name is Steven, which, oh, shit, does that end up having a bad story to it? I don't remember it. I don't know if we covered, uh, I know my first name is Steven. Um, it's the story of this kid who was abducted as a child and like forced to live with this abuser who kidnapped him. Um, later on, uh, his brother uh, killed two women in a national park. And I believe the kid that had been abducted, he ended up, he ended up dying young, I think, in a motorcycle accident as well. Good God. So yes, go. That's Steven Stainer. And uh, yeah, his brother, Carrie... Uh, killed two women, yeah. Good. Three. No, Lord. it was three women, I think. It's not in the movie or in the real life? What are we talking about here? In real life. Oh, good, good. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, acting, yeah. acting. Uh, this is a weird one. Uh, Richard Mulligan beats everybody else you've ever heard of yeah. from every show you you still watch for oh Empty Nest. Oh, my God. Yep. Beats out Ted Danson, Michael J. Fox, John Goodman, and Fred Savage from shows you should probably know at this point. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And Candace Bergen uh, wins for Murphy Brown. And beats all the Golden Girls except for one. There, there are three Golden Girls. Three to five nominees are Golden Girls. Yep. That is crazy. I know. Aww. Poor Estelle Getty. I know. Poor Estelle Getty. Getty got robbed. For real. Hey, right. And uh, uh, Best Outstanding Lead in a Drama Series, Carol O'Connor in the Heat of the Night. I've never seen an episode of the show. I just know I would like I would be enjoying myself watching TV, and then that theme song would come on, and I'd get fuck. Yeah. I hate so, the world. Kids shows are over. When are we gonna yeah. get more channels? God, uh, I love the movie. I have never watched the TV show, but yeah. the movie I, is like an essential for me. It's, it's so good. hypnotic. It's so good. Really, I've never yeah. seen it. It's great. Oh, it is great for for things that you expect is going to be like, oh boy, a white guy and a black guy are trying to deal with racial tension in the South in the '60s, and like you think it's going to be like super stupid or mm. obvious, and it really isn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so fantastic. good. So I think this is the they thing. They call him Mr. Tibbs. We spoke about a year ago. Dana Delaney wins Outstanding Lead in a Drama Series for China Beach, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. show, an episode she shot maybe two years ago. Right. Because <laughs> the show, the show was canceled and then like came back super late huh. and then got an M, like That's like right. a posthumous Emmy. Um, and Outstanding yeah. Lead. And then act- it stuck around for a while, but yeah, it was it was on a shelf for a while. Yeah. An outstanding lead actor in a miniseries, America's Rose, James Woods, and outstanding lead <laughs> actor. My name is Bill W. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I Remember forgot. Remember that was the one no. about the beginning of AA. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, James, alcohol is the least of his problems, right? Uh, <laughs> outstanding lead actress in a miniseries or special, Holly Hunter, word. Love Holly Hunter. For Roe yes, versus Wade. Uh, supporting performances, Woody for Yay. guess what? Woody Yay. and Cheers. Woody and Carla both win. Woody and Carla both win. Um, and Damn right. Larry Drake, outstanding actor in a drama series for L.A. Law. Okay. Yeah, I we just I just talked about him last week. Uh, he's the guy who plays a, a developmentally disabled guy. 
but he's not. But he did uh, seem like a very respectful job of doing it and have interesting plots about him uh, getting along in his life. Okay, so on L.A. So, Law? Yeah. On L.A. Law. Huh. Yeah. Three, he was three like, of them. He was like the, like the office guy who just you know, fixed the copier and brought coffee and made copies. and hmm. Yeah, but they would, they would have like interesting stories about him. Like it ends up being like a whole plot about him getting a girlfriend and then wanting to have sex and needing to go buy a condom. And Jimmy Smith takes him to buy condoms. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. And in, in the, in the supporting actor for a drama series in both the male and female categories, three of them out of the five are LA law. Yeah. LA law is dumb. And again, he did win for maybe respectful performances, but not respectful titles. America, the beautiful fine, but one for, Hey, lick me all lick me over. <laughs> and I'm in the nude for love. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Oh man, that pun! Oh, I'm gonna have to tuck I that away. I'm stealing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... stealing that pun. I'm, I'm finding ways to use it every day. Yep, that's <laughs> right. pretty amazing. Take it, ladies. Make it unsexy. I dare you. <laughs> no, well, uh, nothing sexier than saying nude. The I'm word in the nude, nude for love. Oh my god! Just looking at <laughs> all the. Oh, you know what? Because I see Amanda Plummer is nominated under Supporting Actress. This is probably around that time on L.A. Law because she played his girlfriend. For the episode, You're in Trouble Now. Uh, Seriously. Yeah, some really <laughs> You're in. I, You're I'm in. Through. No. I don't think I appreciate the time that L.A. Law episode titles are the best puns in the so world. So punny. She also had one that's called Consumed Innocent, which I imagine <laughs> had to do with cannibalism. Oh, I was going to say bulimia. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, but that, that's the thing. Like, If you were going through the TV guide looking at what to watch, that was the, were the only places you'd see these titles. So I guess yeah. why not go for broke? Like make, yeah. make something eye-catching. I mean, there's another one called oh Romancing God. the Drone. Sure. Okay. Sure. Wow. Um, Love it. And All right, I think I've got my my assignment for the week is to deep dive into LA Law episode titles yes. and start shouting out the best ones. Now that the TV season has started, it's <laughs> just like this week in LA Law puns. That's at, pretty good. At a glance, the only other things I can see that I think are noteworthy: uh, Robert Altman won uh, an Emmy for directing Tanner Eighty Eight, which is something I've oh, actually hey. seen. Uh, very very young Cynthia Nixon in that thing. And uh, that's that's mm-hmm. from the guy who made a uh, Opus. I believe Berkeley Breath wrote yeah, that. Berkeley yeah. Breath. Hmm. And Jim Henson won an Emmy, which I don't know Yay. that he had for the Dog City episode of the Jim Henson Hour, the very canceled <laughs> Jim Henson Hour. Yeah. Look at Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series. Mm-hmm. It is four episodes of The Wonder Years, and yet <gasps> one episode of Murphy Brown <laughs> the beat pilot. it. The wow. pilot of Murphy Brown beat out four episodes of The Wonder Years, four mm-hmm. different ones. That's Wow. That's astonishing. That is pretty astonishing. But them, them's be the Emmys, and I can get to the thing that's related to television that I want to talk about because okay. it's a video game. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm ready to talk about it in this sense. Um, this game helps solidify this game's legacy more so than maybe the show itself. Life is like a hurricane. The game. I, I think. I think the the game being so fun and playable and available when like. You think about it. There's no streaming or DVDs for DuckTales. It's, it, maybe, it was off the air for about 10 years, but people were still playing the game. Like, and it's good. It's really good. Yeah. And I, I, did you see how excited people were when the show came back oh on? Gosh. I mean, I worked on... Oh, it was oh crazy. God. Disclosure. I worked on uh, the remastered version of this game. Uh, wrote some stuff for it. Uh, helped pimp it out. And like when we just... Ma- like I forget whose idea it was. We like at E3 in the LA Convention Center. Like, just let's put a singing booth in there and have people sing and like 
Fucking celebrities just came in like, hell yeah, I'll send the DuckTales theme song. Wow. This thing rules. And it's beloved. I think that the show, the oh. show, it's like, it's not one of those things I'd, I'd put on and like demand you'd find it interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was way better than anything else on TV at that time. But the mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. there's like what, even even at a, at, a, at a glance from you guys who don't play games, can you think of many games based on television shows that have left any kind of legacy? Mm. But like that's because it doesn't no. it doesn't really happen and like uh, for a lot of cartoon shows we had a lot of good games and I think Duck Ducktales stands out as maybe the best one from that entire generation and uh, wow. it led to a lot of great Capcom uh, Disney uh, collaborations hmm. uh, oh, after I a really didn't bad one. Realize we're we're still a full year until the movie. Yeah. Our, oh, it's not. Yeah, it's ninety. Yeah, it is we're not we're not even at the movie, so this is yeah entirely just like hey kids, you like that TV show? I do. Which has, <laughs> which has been on for I a do, year? And, and I remember I remember write, writing been on a, for two years writing about it a lot um, back in back in like 2014. It, it was there was something beautiful about it to me because like Scrooge is a character like no no network would greenlight. Yeah, he's uh <laughs> he's old, but he's also greedy and mean. <laughs> And, and, but, he is literally yes. a racist stereotype that yeah. is so old it's against white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 but he's worked in every medium, in movies, in video games, and comic books and that, that I thought you were gonna say, but he's worked so hard for his money <laughs> oh, no, I that he deserves it. It's it's <laughs> we we're gonna get a It's confusing because like he it, the, the show makes him a much more likable character. Mm-hmm. He's a funny yeah. character in the comics, but he's mm-hmm. a very likable character in the show. Uh, and uh, and just him having all that money and greedy was just this vessel in in the comics as well. This is all Carl Bark's credit for to go out like. Ah, diamond in the Amazon. Let's fucking do this with the whole family. Like that, it's 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 good fodder for uh for something like that, and it, sure. it just warms my heart that like uh, I think it was a comic written in the fifties, translated into an episode in the eighties that I helped remaster into a video game level in the two thousands. Wow, uh, Aww, yeah, what a legacy. The, the the like the crown of the Himalayas. That's something mm-hmm. that's like it, it's worked in every medium for fifty years. Somebody has a connection to that storyline. That's cool. It, it just I love it. I love Ducktales, and uh, the game is fantastic. And it's you can still buy it. I think for the time being uh, in the Disney Afternoon uh, collection. I made a bunch of mini docs about that. If you want to know more about Scrooge, uh, you can see that on mm. on the official Capcom channels. Mm. And maybe I'll put it underneath this episode. Uh, whatever. You didn't watch it when I posted it before. Why would you start now? Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Bitter. Meow. Bitter. Uh, yeah. It wasn't for me, apparently, making things people wanted to watch on YouTube. Sorry. I guess I wasn't finding people who hang themselves in Chinese fucking villages or whatever. Oh, God. I'm misconstruing whatever that, that controversy was about. Sure. Uh, new releases in music, 1989, September 13th to the 19th. Uh, new release, Quickness by Bad Brains. Uh, Alroy's Revenge by All or Alroy's Revenge? Who knows? There you go. Uh, yeah. Like, is it Alroy's? Yeah, All. I think it's Alroy's. Man, you don't even know who All is, and I can. Well, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm the one reading that context all to you. clues. <laughs> Fucking Descendants people out there. Uh, oh Mercy by Bob Dylan. Uh, Let Love Rule by the debut of Lenny Kravitz, I believe. Yeah, yeah the self-titled song uh, that uh, that was his first big hit. I. I I forget mm-hmm. about that because "Are You Gonna Go My Way" is a fucking banger, and I never want to hear another Fuck song yeah. by the man again. Yeah, uh, for, "Foreign Affair" by uh, Tina Turner, which includes "Simply 
is a bitch. Okay. Yeah, this was a big old hit. Yeah, I had like well, lukewarm feelings about the song "Simply the Best." Like until I watched Shit's Creek and they turn it into a legit <laughs> a love song. You wife. did a spit take, uh, guys. <laughs> I saint it. I don't know. I didn't expect the. I don't know. It's a funny title. Why am I not giving it credit for that? But yeah, on Shit's Creek, they really turn it into a true love song, and it's very sweet. See, for me, it's the it's the song of summer, because mm. I believe we would go to the beach. We would rent this uh, beach house from a friend of my, my dad's and stay there for about a week or two. And they had, like, two channels and HBO, which we didn't have. So this is, like, where I would catch up on, like, eight years' worth of movies. Oh, uh, I... I totally get this. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, and so like, I, I totally know what you're talking about. This association. Yeah. So like, just like I, I, oh I swear, God. I, I ah, swam. But like, are flooding back. But like, oh uh, for two years, HBO, like, hawked this, used this song to hawk what's coming on HBO because it's oh, simply the best. Yes. And then like two years later, I can't confirm this. I think Showtime bought it. So for like four <gasps> years, every summer. I'd hear Tina Turner explain to me how premium cable is rat. And I mean, <laughs> is she wrong? In between, it's better than all the rest. Yes. Better than anyone. In between, that she's ever met. In between screenings of Loverboy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Rhythm Nation, eighteen fourteen by Janet Jackson. Don't want to overshadow that one. Ooh, um, yeah. Which is on the Rolling one. Stone top five hundred albums list of all time. Uh, yeah. Everybody, we by are the... going to play so much Janet Jackson in the next yes. couple months. I am so. I think five number ones off of this. It's. I, I was just like. I was going through the listing. Like, is there a song off of this that we can play that we're not going to play later? No. <laughs> yeah. Good. They're all number ones. God damn it. Because at this point, she's the only Jackson I ever want to talk about again. I choreographed yeah. so many dances to Janet Jackson songs at fifth grade sleepovers for all my friends. I to wonder do. if that would offend her. <laughs> oh. Put so much work in. Uh... But she's yes. part of the Rhythm Nation. That's oh, right. I see. Which is, uh, by the way, a great and cheap Halloween costume. Ooh. Like, be a member of the Rhythm Nation. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty good. And you only have a couple more years for everybody to stop asking you what you are. Because uh, <laughs> sooner or later, people are going to forget. But we'll close no, out. You can never forget. This album is just top to bottom rad. Mm. This is a good album to hype yourself up to. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you need to wake up. You're going on a long road trip. You got to get ready for a test or something. Yeah. Get point. in the Rhythm Nation. That's a good point. Well, then why on earth are we closing with Don't Want to Lose You by Gloria Stefan? Uh, because, because it's not fair. Because it's Rhythm Nation for the next couple months. And Gloria Stefan's one, number one. So. And right. she's awesome. Sorry. I love Gloria Stefan. Yeah, love her too. We had some good lady singing in this episode. <laughs> good lady yeah. singing. Good lady singing. Good lady Y'all, singing. It's late and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, stay right there, everyone. We're closing out with Gloria. We'll be right back with uh, 1999. Stay there. A lot of good things come with aging, but I can't lie, getting older can be a bit of a downer, he says while pointing finger down coyly. Oh yes, 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Happens to a lot of us. I mean you, you, it happens to a lot of you. 
Okay, look, I don't know why guys turn to weird solutions. Some of us don't have insurance. Some of us are too embarrassed to go to a doctor's office. Uh, but you don't have to, thanks to Hims, And you can try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit by going to 4hymns.com slash TTT. Don't do what I did. Don't go consult a local witch doctor. It's so much easier now. You can trust science because thanks to science, ED can be optional. And with Hims, you can connect yourself to real licensed doctors and get FDA-approved pharmaceutical products to treat ED. No, no, these are not magic beans. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions. I can't say here, but you know what they are, Agra. I mean, are. Again, these are real medical solutions proven to work, and it's so easy. Not only do you eliminate having to go to a doctor, you don't have to endure any painful injections or anything like that. Just go to the website, answer a couple questions about your medical history, and you can chat with a real doctor, and they'll give you a confidential review. If you're approved, your product will be shipped directly to your door, and that is simple and easy. And as always, I do love this copy. It's erectile without the dysfunction. It's hard made easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so say hello to your little friend once again and try hymns today by starting out with a free online visit. And to do that, use our URL. Go to forhymns.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. See you there. Smack dab in the middle of the Latin heat uh, right yes. now. Welcome to 1999, September 13th to the 19th. Coming in with I Need you to kn- I Need to Know uh, by Mark Anthony off his self-titled English language debut. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. God, the song was everywhere. It really was. Yep. I'm totally annoyed by it now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Ricky Martin forever, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm oh, saying. No. Don't start the partisan wars again. Oh, I, I really, I was a Mark Anthony gal. Mm-mm. I was really into him. He's the only Latino I'd save in a fire. <laughs> is that a bad thing to say? It, it, well, in terms of the Latin, uh, the Latin craze of the '90s. Sorry, okay. I should have been more uh, specific. Not J Lo. Um, I don't know, man. Like, but that—that that, she was just a pop star. There was like two songs. Uh, I think she was an actress. No, no, sorry, but her music didn't have that Latin flavor as much of a Latin flavor. Some of it was just pop. Mm, and uh, but true. everything Ricky that's Martin true. did was like shit. Like no American would make something that sound like this. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he technically is an American. I know. Puerto Rican. I know. Yeah. Think of it that way. I know. Yeah. I, I would probably save Shakira in a fire, but Ooh, me too. I wouldn't have to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> She'd That's save right. me. Yeah, sure. she'd douse the whole thing with her hips. Yes. Telling the truth yeah. at the same time. Right. Um, and lie, y'all. New releases this week, uh, September 13th to the 19th, 1999. Uh, the Cantina Sessions by Death in Vegas. Uh, Liquid Skin by Gomez. One for the Modern uh, by Ocean Color Scene. Saying Poor Saying by Johnny Halliday, Halliday uh, Wide Angle by Hybrid, uh, Avenue B by Iggy Pop, Beautiful Midnight by the Matthew Good Band, Felons and Revolutionaries by Dope, Old Dirty Bastards. Can I, can I say it? Am I allowed? Uh, let know, me ask my co-host. It's a personal choice. No. It's I, in quotes. Uh, old Dirty Bastards, nigga, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at them and not me. And uh, Eve's debut, Let There Be Eve, Rough Riders First Lady. Mm. No. I yeah. love a I love a title with an ellipses in the middle. Mm. <laughs> you really go in the distance. Really find the colors. I feel like they they couldn't decide which of, that they had two titles. I like, agree. Should we call her Rough Riders First Lady? Or should we Ooh. call her Let There Be Eve? I bet there was. Let's a, do both. I bet there was a fight. Yeah. That uh, was. That sounds like. That sounds like the label wanted something that she didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. But of course, Bailamos by Enrique Iglesias is still number one. Bailamos. 
Yes. I still yeah. might bleep me saying it's old dirty bastards. Big Latin invasion. <laughs> uh, welcome to 1999. There is a ton of movies here, and one I'm, I'm afraid oh. to talk about. Movies, September 13th to the 19th, The Trench with Paul Nichols and Daniel Craig. Never heard of it. World War One. It's bad. <laughs> oh, trench foot. Ah, get it. Yes. Mm, it's gross. It's really bad. The rest of the movies we have to talk about are so odd that I, like, no, this got bad reviews. No one really cares. So let's move on because this is a weird trio of movies to talk about. When next. Laser Time completely runs out of topics, we should tackle greatest World War One movie. And mm. it, Diana, just off the, off the dome, I want to see if, she's, if we're simpatico on this. Say it at the same time. World War One movie. I'll count down. You guys say it at the same time. Three, Three. two, one. Paths of Glory. (laughs) That's my number two. Uh, I was going to say Lawrence of Arabia because everyone forgets that's World War One. Oh, we do. Many of us have not seen it. But Um, definitely Paths of Glory. Definitely my number two. Uh, actually, that no, I ch- I'm changing incredible. it since Diane is not in sync with me. Wonder Woman is the number one World War One movie. <gasps> oh, <You're right>. and, <laughs> Wonder Woman is a great World War I movie. Uh, man, uh, so this is rough because uh, <laughs> I've read this book like three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, me too. And it's one of my favorite. It's by, uh, yeah, my favorite author. I know author. you guys are thinking... Wait a minute, that doesn't sound like Sarah. I know. Chris <laughs> reading a, a book without Spider-Man in it? Yeah. yeah. It, it did used to happen. Uh, and, yeah. And it, it does have illustrations in it, though. That's true. Mostly buttholes. Um, yep. <laughs> it's, that's because it's a Kurt Vonnegut joint, baby. Uh, and this movie is an Alan Rudolph joint. Uh, Omar Epps, Lucas Haas, Glenn Headley, uh, Barbara Hershey, Nick Nolte, Albert Finney, and Bruce Willis in Breakfast of Champions. So weird. Oh, boy. Dwayne Hoover has it all. The best employer in town. There it is. There's that smile. But he's about to lose his mind. (laughs) In a search for sanity. Dwayne Hoover, am I losing you? The only thing anyone's losing around here is their mind, Francine. Dwayne? Because in Midland City... I know things that can make your head spin. My head spins all the time. I'm trying to make it stop. Everybody has an agenda. If there's anything you need, I mean anything. Can't trust these people. Got that right. Can't stop looking at this. I'm sorry. It's a YouTube clip we're playing. (sighs) It's... Oh, man. It's such a... It's a beautiful disaster. It's so weird. Like, Vonnegut is very hard to film. Mm -hmm. Yes. And... Um, this seemed like it was would be possibly the hardest movie to adapt, and I don't know why they tried. Because I, 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 well, I think it other than the Slaughterhouse Five this, has been adapted, yeah. and this was his biggest book. Other than that, hmm. and, and it's and, it's a huge book. But then part of why this one's so interesting and why it's so beloved, especially with Vonnegut fans, is because like he he talks to you like you have an author voice that is not just an authorial voice, but it's like, hi, it's me, Kurt. <laughs> Let me tell you about blah, yeah. blah, blah. Hmm. And just have weird digressions where it's just literally him talking to you and sometimes the characters. And the characters are sometimes breaking the fourth wall and it's it's very surreal and strange. And then besides him talking, also he has a surrogate that shows up. Kilgore Trout. Yay! Kilgore Trout Which, is, is the character. If in, I have to say one hmm. nice thing, Albert Finney as Kilgore Trout is great. It's, it's amazing because Kilgore Trout is the character who's in the most Kurt Vonnegut books. Mm-hmm. Which yes. is weird because he's the Kurt Vonnegut surrogate. But in Breakfast of Champions, like a majority of the book is Kurt Vonnegut talking to you. Not 
not necessarily describing these characters, but like he is a character. He figures into the book itself and I believe makes a cameo. And I got to assume Nick Nolte is Mm -hmm. a huge Kurt Vonnegut fan because he's in the (laughs) only other good adaptation, uh, Mother Night, if you haven't seen it. It's really good. Hmm. It's where that quote, uh, be careful what you pretend to be comes from that everyone tends to use for Nazis, even though it's kind of, you know, it's not the guy was pretending to be a Nazi spy. And <laughs> never yeah. mind. And in in that one though, uh, he does not wear red lacy lingerie. No, and run around. No, but I. But so, this was this was my. Yeah. I read Slaughterhouse Five in uh, middle school, and I yeah, re- I picked this book up when I was like twenty. I read it mm. all in one night, uh, and then I read everything Kurt Vonnegut ever wrote. Mm. So I, I really do like this book a lot. It's kind of unadaptable. I mean, yeah. especially by a big Hollywood, and, and like this is a this is a big Hollywood movie, and it did it did not get wide distribution as a result of how weird and poorly it tested. Uh, but yeah. it, it, I don't know. There is something there is something beautiful about watching it because it is. I don't know. Like I, I don't want to say after Natural Born Killers because did we already talk about that movie? No, I don't know. Like I, I feel that's like that's an w- interesting comparison. Yeah, just because they do so much weird stuff with like graphics and animation yeah. and film stocks and points of view and they they really do try to put on the screen what is being described in the book where they say something like, about like bad words coming out of this guy's car radio and the bad words get into his head and they like animate words coming out of the radio and they get yeah because i mean half there's like pages and pages of the book breakfast of champions that it's just kurt vonnegut describing the state of the country mm-hmm. in his wonderful minimalist <laughs> ways that like doesn't translate to a movie in 1999 so they just yeah they do attempt to translate that with weirdness, and I do appreciate mm-hmm. that. But it it is weird, and I think Kurt Vonnegut sort of like laughed at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. like, but he yeah, he loves Mother Nights and Slaughterhouse Five, so you can always see those. Um, mm-hmm. Make Dead Eye Dick into a book. Just do that. Ow! And <laughs> Actually, that's yeah. I like Dead Eye Dick. Would be good too. Uh, player Piano probably could be too. I love Player Piano. All you fucking aspiring socialists um, should check out Player Piano. And <laughs> yeah, Cat, Cat's Cradle, you can make a miniseries of, Yep, like a prestige miniseries, but a lot of it, it's hard because it's science fiction, but it's also, yeah, like breaking fourth walls and talking about weird stuff. And yeah, he's just very different. I don't know yeah, it's difficult do it. to adapt a Kurt Vonnegut yeah. book without like a fucking 16 page rant of how shitty Nixon is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I take it back. Uh, Harrison Bergeron. That's a good adaptation. Oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. That was made for Showtime with Sean Astin as based on a short story about in the future, everyone has to be average. Yep. Oh, yes. The, the, his short story stuff adapts really well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Walken did a, a couple. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, here's movies I won't have anything to say about because um, <laughs> I'm not watching Brian Cox, Jenna Malone, uh, John C. Riley, and Kelly Preston, and Kevin Costner, and for love of the game. But what game could it be? <laughs> Uh, Billy Chappell is 40 years old, arm-weary and aching. And you know, Steve, I have a feeling Billy Chappell isn't pitching against the Yankees. He's pitching against time. Chappell, you suck! You can always tell when I'm in New York. And tonight, he might be able to use that aching old arm one more time to push the sun back up in the sky and give us one more day of summer. Thanks, Vin Scully. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this fucking movie. Wait, but- uh, so I saw this on a plane once. Hmm. 
But yeah, it's of the trilogy of Kevin Costner baseball right. movies. This is by far the third. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's I like the premise in a lot of ways that he's like he's about to retire. He's a pitcher. He's like he doesn't want to retire, but his body's just giving out. And most of the movies played in flashback while he's pitching a perfect game. Oh, hmm. and it's like that's that's a nice structure. That's interesting. The problem is that like the flashback to this like love story with him and Kelly Preston is just sort of boring and obvious mm. and bland. I and like, it's nothing special. I like short kisses that end way before midnight. <laughs> a little dry. And, <laughs> a little dry. <laughs> um, and, and do you remember who directed this? That's the weird thing. Oh, I did not even realize who directed it until I just looked it up. And yeah. I was like, wait, what? Sam Raimi. Really? <laughs> it's so not yeah, his style. Right. Nothing huh. visually ever hints that Sam Raimi's involved here. We just have to imagine a lot got cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole wheelchair deadite th- sequence and sure. love of the game is just not there. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it is, but I, I don't know. I think he did a couple. Of, the thing was, I think if you put Kevin Costner in a movie about sports, everyone feels like there's no way this can lose because that's kind of all he does now. Like right. it is yeah. callbacks to the roles he used to play, yeah. Either Western or in the that NFL movie from a few years ago, Tin Cuppies. In, oh gosh, he was mm. in uh, Molly's Game mm-hmm. as the dad, but even then it was sports adjacent. Even then, it's competitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Costner. I, I can understand why you take the money if you're Sam Raimi, though. But none of oh, that, yeah. none of that could uh, topple Martin. Uh, this week, which Martin, Martin. I'll tell you, uh, Peter Green, Dave Chappelle, and Luke Wilson, and Martin Lawrence in Blue Streak. He stole the rock. Good doggy, it was the nearest exit. And he hid it in a safe place. Get your hands up! You're under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. But two years later, I'm free! When I left, you was like, plickety cat, cacao. Now you like boom. His hiding place is not what it used to be. Is this really a police station? Of course. Now to get back to his rock. Pizza delivery for robbery, homicide. There's two kinds of people that get through that door. People wearing handcuffs, people wearing a badge. He'll need the ultimate disguise. I'm a detective. <laughs> I know the real reason that you're here. Excuse me? You're the new lead detective. Me? We're going to be partners, and this thing's like a marriage. No, this is nothing like a marriage. It's more like a one-night stand. Wham, bam. Thank you, officer. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I definitely saw this movie. They go through so much to explain the plot in this trailer. Like, they could have just said he's pretending to be a cop. Yeah. This trailer does work. But no, they have to (laughs) explain. explain that now he is a jewel thief mm-hmm. who stole a giant diamond and then he hid the diamond in a building went to jail when it came out the building is now a cop shop and now he's going to pretend to be a police officer so he can get inside and get so they could have just skipped to the part where he, like martin lawrence is pretending to be a cop and it's wacky well you got to make sure you include the part where his girlfriend gains some weight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's super mean to Octavia Spencer right there. I mean, that, that was, was Octavia no. Spencer. Okay, she is kind of big. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. She used to be bigger, but which one has an Oscar? Mm. Girl, Martin Lawrence. Girl. Or at least it will be after the third Bad Boys movie. 
Ooh, I can't, can't wait, wait for that. <laughs> Gotta watch Bad Boys 2 again. It's Fuck, that so movie's fun. insane. <laughs> Uh, but show. but yeah, like uh, I'm a big Martin Lawrence fan. Only in hindsight am I a big Martin Lawrence fan. Mm. He didn't have a lot of like non-big mama's house horse shit to like mm. look at during this time period. And this is pretty okay. Mm. Uh, it looks pretty I think, okay. Mm-hmm. I think this is of the only... I, I honestly, I'm not a big Martin Lawrence fan. I've only seen a couple of his movies. I think this is the one I like the most. Mm-hmm. That's that. Wow, that's huge praise for me, I know. But... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a fun concept, and sometimes like they just give him a little too much room to start mugging and being wacky. But a lot of the, you know, the he's actually a con pretending to be a cop stuff could be pretty fun. Like he gets in a shootout in a liquor store, and it turns out like, oh, oh, I know the guy who's holding up the liquor store, Dave Chappelle. Hey, <laughs> and it's like he doesn't know which side to be on. It's like that was cute. Yeah, fine. That's cute. Dave Chappelle. I think that's yeah. part of part of Dave Chappelle's frustration as a human being is that he got like like the fourth lead in like every movie with a black cast mm-hmm. and <laughs> seven hundred pilots that didn't go until he put his name on it and just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Uh but yeah, it's it's so odd. Like and I think that I think Dave Chappelle was kinda why I saw this movie because I heard yeah. he was yeah, in a pre internet world, like Dave Chappelle's in something like yeah. I'll fucking go see anything he's in. Please don't yeah, ask me about got, his new comedy special, but um, I was yeah. a big Dave Chappelle got, fan. You know, it's oh, this has a lot of a lot of action in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we always talk about like action comedies, like make more of those. They don't make enough of those, especially was, big budget ones. That was, this is a smaller budget one. That, that was that's yeah, very cute. You just did a thing in my family how my uncle Lenny would describe movies that he liked. How was the movie? Great, yeah. a lot of action. <laughs> and like, and like uh, if it, there wasn't a lot of action, didn't like it. Uncle Lenny has said no. <laughs> didn't like uh, it. A lot of action. A lot of action. That's it's something that it's catchphrase in my family. That's funny. A lot of action. <laughs> I love that. A lot of he likes what he likes. He does. You know? <laughs> it's good to he know. He designed some movies, I think. He, he, he earned it. Uh, but congratulations to Blue Streak uh, and, and, and the Bad Boys for Life movie. I'm, I'm, I'm playing down how excited I am about that. Oh, I'll be, and I'll be there. I, I really want to rewatch the first two, goddammit. Uh, 1999 <laughs> TV, uh, September 13th through the 19th. So oh, much TV. Um, well, a little bit, but, like, but it's all like crazy notable to me, uh, especially mm-hmm. the Martin Short Show debuts. And it's the second yep. Martin Short Show. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which is confusing. This one, even less beloved, mm. even by me, because mm. I remember watching, and it's, I don't know, it's its something that happens when you take the guy who improves every talk show that he's on, mm-hmm. and then get, he should host his own show. Like, that's not really how that works. Right. Like, when you mm. get, you can't give Robin Williams or Norm MacDonald their own show and expect that madcap, bizarre, like, force of chaos to, to be on every episode, because I remember trying to watch this and like, well, Martin Short's just trying to host a comedy show. Mm-hmm. There's some sketches, or a talk show. There's some sketches in here. Mm-hmm. That's the That was the weird thing. Did anybody else watch this show or see no, the show ever? I did not no. watch this one. I caught this in the middle of the day, and I even looked it up, and like, there's just not a lot of information on right. it. So like, if you watch like old Conan's, you'll see like, fucking like, all of the UCB, Amy Poehler, and like, um, Matt Walsh, Nina Roberts pop up, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Jack McBrayer, like all, all these future comedy titans doing sketches or playing dumb, like like gay robots in mm-hmm. Conan sketches. <laughs> and I remember tuning into this, like, cause, what the fuck is this? Because those people weren't stars yet. And I'm tuning into this in 1999, and the sketch performer is Kevin McDonald. So, hmm. so Kevin McDonald was like the utility player in the Martin Short show. And I was like, 
I guess I guess Canadians stick together, but like Jesus, <laughs> uh, Kevin McDonald should have his own sketch show. Jesus, I love that guy, and I just thought that was bizarre. But again, I can't even find any information that he was on the fucking show. I don't even know if maybe he was guesting on that episode because he was still in movies at that point. I don't I don't understand, but uh, I definitely didn't. Maybe maybe he was a writer. Um, I mean, I know oh, this awesome. is where the character Jiminy Glick started, yep. yes. and I found yep. out Will Will Forte was a writer. Right. Right, which is like, oh my God, how old was he then? He's a baby. Right, because he was he was working he behind 10? the scenes on is a show. Is he shit. the Doogie Hauser of <laughs> comedy writers? Well, I think he'd be on SNL in like three, four years. So, oh, okay, fair. Uh, after moving on to that '70s show, I think that's the show he worked on after. Weird, really? Yeah, no, wow. yeah, Will Forte, <laughs> and I don't, but I don't know anything about the Queen Latifah show because I didn't look that up at all. Yeah, is that a sitcom or a talk show? It's a talk show. Mm. It ran for talk two show. seasons, and it was kind of a advice had kind of an advice theme to it, mm. from what I mm-hmm. read. Um, and she would have celebrities on and non-celebrities on, and yeah, mm-hmm. she came back with another talk show a couple years ago. That really? went for another two years. I guess that's all we would need of her every decade. <laughs> <laughs> Do a talk show for two years. See ya in yeah. about a decade. Yeah. It feels like like an easy bet, though. She just seems like so easy to like. Right. That if she just wanted to have like a little talk show where we could talk about like our problems and then some hair tips or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like a light Oprah. She's personable. Yeah. You know she knows so many cool people. Yeah. <laughs> who like she could bring on as her friends. Yeah. And a, yeah. sh- a show I, I I fuck I didn't see it until the last second, but I wanted to talk more about it. But I couldn't find any clips that would let me remember whether it was good or not. Mm. But it was <laughs> nasty because mm-hmm. uh, the show mm-hmm. Action debuts on Fox, which is I think in network television history the first ever TVMA rating. Ooh. And Ooh. I never saw it there, but uh, it, it, I get I want to say it was clearly a pilot made for like HBO or something because they just end up bleeping like outright swears. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty risque for um, for the time, and I love mm-hmm. Buddy Hackett in it. And uh, <laughs> Jay Moore's pretty good. Ileana Douglas is awesome as a former prostitute, now mm-hmm. assistant to a yeah. movie uh, executive. Yeah, and, he's a movie yep. executive, so, and it's mm-hmm. like skating. Yeah, we've, we've got a new theme going now, just like the right. big picture. It's you know behind the scenes making movies. This I've only seen like two episodes of this like at least ten years ago, because um, Trio ran it because they had their brilliant but canceled series where they would I just run that. all these shows, including like pilots that weren't picked up and stuff, and just you see the weirdest stuff there. And they they like ran this all the time, like they loved action. It's it's and it's nice that they ran it because like five of the episodes didn't run at all. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's 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 of its time as gr- like. Kind of unbelievable celebrity cameos, mm-hmm. like even for the time Sandra Bullock and I think Keanu Reeves is molested, <laughs> is me too'd in one of the episodes. Huh. Uh, there's a great bit of Scott Wolf, like I think he's yelling at Jay Moore's character for not being cast as the action hero, and like you're too small. And they literally build the set bigger to uh. make Scott Wolf look smaller and make a bunch of small jokes I at his expense. That. That's I guess fine. to crawl up on the desk and grab him by the collar. It's 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 pretty clever. That's pretty good. Uh, and here, here's a clip. And hmm. also, Will Forte wrote on this. Right, Will Forte's on this <laughs> no as well. Way. Yeah. And uh, here here's a cute little clip for the folks at home. Um, this is this is this is pretty emblematic of what they did. Suppose I could deliver you a star so big that little children in the crap-infested streets of Calcutta know his name. Tony. Meaning spring rolls. Sorry, but suppose I could deliver this huge star. I mean, a guy better known than Tom Hanks, and you'd only have to pay him scale. Who is it? 
Well, he's a very complicated client. Who is? I can't tell you. Can you give me a hint? He's had some legal problems. Drugs? Is it Robert Downey Jr.? No, Pete, my man's clean. Straight arrow. Strong, healthy. Can you give me a bigger hint? Well, he was falsely accused of a double murder. Mm. Now, because of the potential PR problems, <laughs> my agency can't officially represent him. You're pitching me, O.J. Simpson. Yes, I am. Pete, little children of Calcutta know his face. Yes, they know to run away from it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. And then, I, well, then I heard a behind-the-scenes wrestling. He was supposed to make his WWE debut around this time mm. until mm. everyone got wind of it. And, like, if you do this, like, everyone will cut ties with you. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, it was a good idea at the time. Anyway, uh, action. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the first things on Netflix streaming. I cannot imagine it's still there. Yeah. But uh, oh, it's, it's gonna, yeah. I feel like I'm gonna try to dig it up. Um, so I feel like it's it. I feel like it's maybe Entourage kind of grabbed his mojo five years later. Yeah. Mm, I can totally. But a it's lot of super that super sort of, of its behind time. Behind the scenes satire stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very 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 of its time. Like mm-hmm. very up its own mm-hmm. Hollywood ass, which is is annoying to me. But like again, this is pretty cutting edge, and I, some of the stuff that didn't air on Fox, like I'm shocked they thought it could because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. like, you're just giving a hand job on screen. Like, Ooh, is this really going to happen whoa. on network television? Well, <laughs> I mean, Ali McBeal pushed the envelope a couple times. So we're really in that mm-hmm. like wheelhouse in the 90s. I remember it was like the like, first time I, my girlfriend who I didn't know would grow up to become a weirdo Christian who, uh, marches against Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, she was offended by Ali McBeal. Oh, she got boy. boned. <laughs> she got boned at a car wash by a stranger. Um, which was a pretty ribald scene. Oh, <laughs> that you're not your girlfriend. Ellie oh no, Big no. Beale. She, she knew who I was. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> she, uh, but uh, another show debut that I've never heard of in my whole another life. Another Hollywoody behind the scenes oh, sort goodness. of thing with starring John Cryer. Um, the famous Teddy Z debuts. Mm? I pulled the promo. Get ready, <laughs> Get ready to meet showbiz giant Ted Zakalakis. Oh, well, I'm Ted Zakalakis. Uh, I'm from the mailroom. Mailroom today, boardroom tomorrow at one of Hollywood's biggest talent agencies. Who is this guy? Did somebody get promoted? And the secret of his success? So that's how you get clients. You pull them out of the car and you punch them in the stomach. Sure, I've been doing it all wrong. I take them to lunch and then like an idiot, I don't even hit them. What the hell have I been doing? Get ready for John Cryer as the famous Teddy Z, Mondays this fall. Can you fucking cool the saxophone when Alex Rocco is yelling? Like, I love that guy. No, please. Yeah. In this house, when Alex Rocco speaks, we stand and we take our hats off. (laughs) This is obviously the less ribald uh, behind-the-scenes Hollywood show at the know. time I mm-hmm. imagine I mean, all that Cryer, saxophone there's got to be panties dropping everywhere with that little baby face John Cryer come on that's so he has baby face and this is like 15 years after he's a teen yeah a teen sensation yeah. Uh, yeah welcome home Morgan Stewart or whatever his name was um <laughs> Judging Amy also debuts this week and is not the show I was thinking of but no um, it wasn't no, what? because that show is called Providence <laughs> wait what uh... okay Judging Amy went on for six seasons, mm-hmm. and uh, it was starring Amy Brenneman and Tyne Daly as her mom. She comes back and becomes a yes. judge in her small town, and it ran on CBS for a million years because <laughs> your grandma loves it. Um, but yeah. what's funny is that I remember always, and still to this day, kind of what thinking, what show is this? Is this 
the one with the very Greek woman or the slightly less <laughs> Greek woman? <laughs> because you're thinking of Providence with Melina Karankides. Kar- Karen 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 Karides, yes, exactly. The king of (laughs) Karides, which is about a woman who comes back to her small town town to be the doctor. (laughs) Yep, and And kind of similar hair. Yes, they had similar hair, and (laughs) that's why I always mix them up. But um, yeah, they actually—it was such a thing in pop culture that people mix them up that they talk about it. Like, there's a whole episode of Judging Amy where people keep bringing up providence and she's like that's three towns over this is not the same town it was a fucking comedy yeah uh okay judging amy i don't know anything about the show um that's all i know and uh i don't know if anyone's greek but i'm just you know melina karen karides is definitely greek I think. it's a great name um and, uh, video games of 1999 i don't know anything about this one either but it, i think it's it it Sells itself. Flight Unlimited three. A mm. flight sim from EA, baby. We we did it. Wait, <laughs> okay, and that's all I got for that one. So let's close out 1999 with uh, "Got a Man" by Eve off of her debut album. Let there be Eve, Rough Riders' first lady. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she didn't. I'm sure she didn't want that title in there. Uh, but we will be right back in 2009. So don't go anywhere. and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of september 13th through the 19th man 1969 is the year that keeps on giving nice hitting 50 this week is scooby-doo uh it debuted september 13th 1969 can i recommend someone go watch scooby-doo i don't know not really uh, especially any episode where they have laugh tracks on cartoons it just just even as a little kid, it bugged me. That's how much of a jerk I am. That even as a little kid, I was like, this isn't... Who's laughing? There's people drawing. Where are the people that are supposed to be laughing? Anyway, also uh, 50 years old this week from 1969, Fellini's Satyricon, which if you want to see one of the weirdest movies ever, uh, it's that's pretty weird because it's Fellini and he's doing like ancient myth type stuff and it's confusing and visually gorgeous and strange. But uh, the one I'm actually going to end up recommending is the most of the time movie from 1969. I think there is except for maybe Easy Rider and that's Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Since this is a 60s movie, not a 70s movie, I get to say it's ahead of its time. It's a Paul Mazursky movie and he's actually underrated and very funny. And it's about sexual mores in the late 60s, getting into the 70s, about like, you know, is it okay to like sleep with someone that's not your spouse if it's just the physical part? Like, is it a relationship or not? And they're like, is it a hang up? Are we being like too... I don't know, greedy with our love, or should we like spread love to other people? Maybe it'll make our marriage stronger if we open it up. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's super dated, but it's its dated in that, you know, time travel-y sort of way. So Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice is going to be my recommend for this week. And that's it. Stay classic. Last. Cause day and night, the lonely 
seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. At, at, at night. Day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone. Coming in with Day and Night by Kid Cudi. Off his debut, Man on the Moon. Uh, the end of the day. I can only mean it's 2009, ladies and gentlemen, September 13th to 19th. Uh, new music releases this week include The Resistance by Muse, uh, The Days of Greys uh, by Sonata Ar- uh, Artica, Happy Hour by Uncle Cracker, Beggars by Thrice, uh, Breakup by Peter Yorn and Scarlett Johansson, Skinny Jeans and a Mike by New Boys, The Chair in the Doorway by Living Color, New Junk a- a- Aesthetic uh, by Every Time I Die, Turn It Up by Pixie Lot, Draw the Line by David Gray, Endgame by Megadeth, and uh, My Plan by Nelly Furtado. Holy shit, something for everyone. I got a feeling about like he's still number one. Let's not talk yeah. about it. Um. <laughs> yeah, Day Night's a great song. And I did see yeah. in, in the news, 2009, September 13th uh, through the 19th, I just think this is not as funny anymore as it was at the time, but uh, Blockbuster announces it's probably going to close 1,000 stores this year. Boo. Netflix Aww. streaming hasn't existed for a year. Yet I didn't wow. remember this happening that fast. Wow. Yeah, like wow. Netflix streaming, and remember it began on like your computer. You it, yep. it wasn't. It was months before you could do it on another device or your mm-hmm. television. Mm-hmm. And that's how. That's really fast to shut down a fucking <laughs> dynasty. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think I, the, the thing I came to the conclusion of one of our podcasts that like oh blockbuster was this huge movie. Emporium and like didn't make anything. Mm-hmm. Netflix at least like made its own shit. Like come to us, you have to come to us for this. Mm-hmm. Why did Blockbuster just try some of that shit? And they bought bought up some exclusives like Boondock Saints. You know, and- I I know someone who still gets the physical discs from Netflix in not. the mail, like on purpose, or yes. like just has does not stop it. Still will you tell just, me who they are off mic when we're done? Yeah. Really embarrassing. Yeah. Huh? Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I find that to be so bizarre. <laughs> it really bugs me. Like, uh, that, that bugged me as soon as streaming started. Like, this is stupid. I'm, I'm a little nostalgic for... Well, I'm very nostalgic for Blockbuster and, like, going and picking out a well, movie. Well, that, 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 uh, that period I'm was... I'm not. I hated them. Oh, the, I love going to a movie store. But we still have, like, places like... Cap I like City going to a movie store. Mm-hmm. I hate going to Blockbuster. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's all we had where like I was Christopher growing Christopher Moltisanti said, what about that, that carpet and candy smell? Oh, <laughs> love it. It's true. And, and uh... Yeah, like in between that period, I was just looking, trying to get an exact date on it because I think Netflix streaming started in October. But like, if you, I remember getting an HBO series and like HBO would manufacture just to fuck with Netflix. There, I was getting The Wire, and there's one episode on this disc. <laughs> like, why would you do this to me? And then, then I forget. Yeah, like because of Blockbuster, they like lobbied. They could only release Warner Brothers movies like 40 days after they're hmm. out in a block. Mm. Like it was weird. Uh, but even then, less than a year, Blockbuster's closing a thousand stores. That's how good or, good of an idea Netflix streaming was. Truly, uh, movies of of September thirteenth through the nineteenth of two thousand nine. There are a lot. Um, there are a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just we're pretty much just going to skip to the end. Um, uh, that's a teaser for coming up. Anyway, let's just run through a bunch of these really fast so we can get to the ones that more people would know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an Australian stop-motion film starring the voices of Jeffrey Rush and Anthony DiPaglia. You can tell that it's Australian that way. And it's supposed to have quite good reviews about people living in an apartment complex, but it's stop-motion. Okay. 
Secrets of Jonathan Sperry, starring Gavin McLeod and Robert Guillaume, is a Christian movie about how you should be nice to old people. <laughs> Especially if they're old TV stars. Okay. Uh, the girl to play with fire is um, the what the Danish one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which Danish Danish Sweet. or Norwegian? I always forget. Uh, the Remy Rapace. Swedish. Uh, Michael Nyquist. Yeah. Uh, adaptations of the book, which uh, is better. They're all better than the American versions. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bright Star, uh, directed by Jane Campion. Yay! Uh, starring Abby Cornish and Ben Wishaw as Keats. So there's going to be a lot of yearning. And a lot of not kissing, and a lot of big costumes. <laughs> I've actually been—I've actually been told that it's quite beautiful to look at, and I believe that. But I don't know anyone who's seen it. <sighs> a couple more. Love happens, starring uh, Jennifer Aniston and Aaron Eckhart. This sounds like the worst fucking rom-com I've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> but it made a bunch of money. Or Aaron Eckhart's a self-help writer, but oh, he can't help himself in love. Uh, yeah, still has the perfect hair. Yeah, I just, uh, don't care. Oh, and I then, definitely uh, the saw burning this. plane. <laughs> what? I definitely Sorry, did what? see Love Happens. Now that I was like, wait a minute. Oh no! And so I googled it, and I literally remember not a single thing about it. But I saw it. You remember how I'm you saw the it. one? Blockbuster or Netflix? Yeah. Ugh. Pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Actually, <laughs> it's like, well, you like both of those stars, right? Yeah, I well, do. I mean. I like Jennifer Aniston. Aaron Eckhart, I have no opinion about. She has no, no about. good starring movies, and neither does he, except for Dark Knight. Whatever. The Good Girl? What? No. I always good Girl. The Good Girl. Office Space. Fucking yeah. Good Girl is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Office Space is the best Jennifer Aniston movie. Well, and she's barely I mean, there. arguably, yeah. <laughs> but The Good Girl's really good. I like it. And, and, and Iron uh, Giant. Sorry, yes. There's her one great starring role. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay, can we get on? We got one more to just breeze through and then we can start talking about real shit. Yes. Uh, the Burning Plane uh, is the directorial debut of the guy who wrote Amores Peros and 21 Grams and Fable, starring Charlize Theron, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Kim Basinger. It got really savage reviews, except that every single review said, you know, the, the girl who played the young Charlize Theron, like, uh, she's, she's awful good in this, actually. Oh. Next year, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence's next film next year is Winter's Bone. That makes her a star. Mm-hmm. We're I like on Winter's the run. Bone. So this it. is it. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the big stuff. Okay, good job. That was a marathon of movies that only needed a sentence or two. I'm fucking pissed. Sorry, they really did. No, good job. You told me to rewatch this movie, but there's nothing I want, and I didn't, but there's nothing I want want more than this to be reevaluated. Because everything I read about it, it, like, I don't think I agree with your appraisal of this film. And -hmm. and it deserves a reappraisal. Mm. Because everyone, I think, was too mean to Diablo Cody. Yes, I agree with that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was some of the stuff in uh, Juno, the dialogue was sort of annoying. Sure. But that was sort of on purpose. And, like, whatever. Uh, Adam Brody, Johnny Simmons, Amanda Siegfried, uh, and Megan Fox in Jennifer's Body. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Why, Chip? You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? I only murder boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to, okay? You can barely finish gym class. What the fuck? I, I really wish I would have watched <sighs> this because this always looks super yeah. intriguing. Yeah. Mm. I oh, this is a, I'm so close to being so in love with this movie, mm-hmm. and I just can't quite get there. But 
yeah. I mean, we're put. I'm going to put it in there with Jawbreaker and Heather's as this kind of black teenage bitch mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. that we've talked about. <laughs> yep. It's a super black comedy. Yeah. About uh, how teenage girls are the worst and there's nothing stopping them really from going on to murder each other. Yes. I also feel like it has stuff to say about like, because, okay, so the story there is that uh, Amanda Seyfried and Jennifer Fox are like best friends Megan. since, what did I say? Megan Fox. <clears throat> Sorry. Jennifer. I'm getting all the names wrong today. I'm so sorry. Welcome to my world. Um, but they've been best friends since they were little kids, and Megan Fox is super popular and hot, and Amanda Seyfried's a dorky dork. And they go to a concert where Megan Fox goes off with the lead singer afterwards and then comes back and she's acting really weird and kind of scary and then boys show up starting start to show up dead eviscerated and it turns out she's like a demon that is uh that is now like eating the town's boys which is kind of awesome because i can can see it it was worth it i (laughs) i really like this movie i'm with you diana i just can't love it and i can't really quite put my finger on why Mm -hmm. something falls a little short i can kind of put my finger on why i some of it is amanda seyfried's character Mm -hmm. i mean she's literally named needy Mm -hmm. yes that's (laughs) true but also, like, I kind of wish that there was some ambiguity or mystery for a while. Like, Megan Fox comes back from, it turns out, yeah, she was murdered and sacrificed to the devil so that mm-hmm. this band would become famous. Um, which I, might be my favorite scene in the movie of them just sort of arguing about, like, no, dude, I don't know how we're going to sacrifice her, okay? Yeah. Um, I guess they're Canadian now. Anyway, <laughs> but there's just no ambiguity where she she comes back from being murdered and is immediately, like, covered in blood and throwing up black goo and Amanda Seyfried's just sort of like are you okay Jennifer? Mm-hmm. It's like if she if she was doing a better job of like either being concerned for her friend or if Jennifer was doing a better job of like hiding this that there was sort of like I don't know uh, not really a mystery element but just like don't make your characters act like idiots Well, then, then I would like it more but it, it is Megan Fox seems to be having a great time yes. in this where she, she, she is, is working the whole idea of her as eye candy for dumb teenage boys and it's, it's and then murdering them with it. I well, would like I to, the sole male voice in this conversation would like to reiterate. She was like un, unearthly beauty, beautiful at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like her mm-hmm. only real leading role. Mm-hmm. So that I think uh, that should make it interesting. Yeah. More interesting. <laughs> well, so mm-hmm. I think part of Amanda Seyfried's character being so uh, passive in this is that she is used to a friendship dy- dynamic with Megan Fox's character where Megan Fox's character is always in control. Jennifer is always in control. She's always in control mm-hmm. of, of everything they do. She tells I mean, it's needy what to do all the time, what to wear, where they're going. And then when she shows up, back up after being murdered, and she's obviously not in control, that kind of makes needy kind of go to a place where she is fully paralyzed. She can't figure out what to do because her friend is no is kind of still her friend, but not really. And she obviously isn't someone that can just take needy's hand and take her to where she needs to go because she's lost her mind is what she thinks Hmm. so i feel like if if it was more like yes needy always does what jennifer says no matter what Mm -hmm. even when jennifer is saying like tie that guy up so i can eat him she's sort of like okay like that would be kind of funny the idea that the the mean girlness still carries through even when you're a succubus Mm -hmm. it still works on people Mm -hmm. 
Well, but, I mean, I mostly like it. It is a lot of fun. It has total like bad bitch feminist cult status now. The and I mean partially because kind of the point of it is that the band wrongfully believes that she's a virgin, that Jennifer's a virgin, and yeah. they have to sacrifice a virgin in order to you know become famous. And so they kill her. And guess what, y'all? She wasn't a virgin. So instead of being sacrificed and for this band's fame, she becomes a demon herself because they did the right wrong. (laughs) A little play on words there. Um, And so I think that part is definitely interesting and very fun because the idea of virginity and how precious it it is Mm -hmm. uh, and is uh, one that is very interesting to explore and then see some subverted um i also so this summer just recently actually just this weekend i finished a book i have two books that i absolutely recommend reading as companion pieces to this because oh my god Hmm. thematically they fit in so well the first book i read earlier this summer called my best friend's exorcism which is about a girl (laughs) where something happens they're in high school it's set during the 80s which is really fun and they're in high school and something weird happens to her and she starts to act really strange and it's like is she possessed by the devil or is she just being a crazy teenage girl and being Hmm. a bitch to all of her friends and it's so good i read it in one night it's fantastic and then this wow. weekend, and it's by Grady Hendrix. And then this re- weekend, I read another book by Grady Hendrix called We Sold Our Souls, all about a metal band in the 80s who might have sold their souls to the devil in order to, for, <laughs> to achieve fame, and then uh-huh. trying to go back and undo it. I can't recommend these books enough. They are so, so good and so much fun and absolutely perfect as a companion piece to this movie. Mm. So I was so excited to talk about it because they were (laughs) two of like my most fun reading experiences I've had this year. Yeah, Yeah. I should read more. So there you go. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, I should read more fiction. I like never read fiction. Me either. It's just putting us all to shame. But uh, and she saw this movie, which I I forgot to as well. Yeah, this movie is fun. Love this cast: Clancy Brown, Paul F. Tompkins, Jimmy Pardo. Yay. uh, Thomas F. Wilson, uh, Melanie mm-hmm. Linsky, Joel McHale, Scott yeah. Bakula, and Matt Damon, and the informant. Would you be willing to wear a wire? We need your help. 7.30 a.m. I am approaching the entrance to the office. Good morning, Liz Taylor, secretary. You don't really need to narrate the tapes for right. us when you're Absolutely. making them. Just not a problem. Once it starts, it is going to be intense. Uh, what is he doing? I told him the camera was in the lamp. No. No. How about this guy, Whitaker? The guy's making 350 grand a year and he turns informer. When does that happen? <laughs> Mark Whitaker. Mm, uh, I really want to see this film. It's fun. Oh, this movie's so much fun. Yeah, it's real. I want to rewatch it now, actually, just watching the trailer. From the last Steven Stoderbergh movies before he retired, then came back. And then. Uh, yeah, somewhere again? in yeah. there. <laughs> Somewhere yeah, in between so us, behind the candelabra and Logan Lucky. Yep. Logan Lucky was so much fun, too. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this is based on a true story, which is, like, the craziest shit ever. Um, and it's about a guy coming forward to the feds with this price-fixing scheme, like, oh, I can help you take down this price-fixing scheme. But really, he's doing that to try to cover up the fact that he's been embezzling this whole time. <laughs> so he's trying to, like... Be a good informant, but he's also subverting 
everything that he's doing at the same time. And it's Matt Damon doing comedy. And he's funny as right. hell in this. Yes. Because he's so boring. Mm-hmm. And, and so incompetent. So inept. <laughs> yes. I love I really like it when Matt Damon just plays normal guy slash doofusy guy. It yeah. doesn't happen so very doofus-y. often, mm-hmm. but Adri- it's good. he's too ripped. Yeah. Can't happen. But uh, but the mustache helps and the the forty year old virgin poster for this film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also having all your favorite comedians in it also helps. Yeah. All your favorite comedians. Yeah. That's true. All my no, it's favorites. it's just yeah, it's all comedians and like fun uh co- like character actors. Mm-hmm. It's like he's kind of the only star, but you recognize like everybody. Mm-hmm. Scott it's got Biff Bacula. in it for Craig. Scott Bacula. Yeah, it's got Biff in it. Hello. Yeah. So many great haircuts. This is just a great haircut movie because it's set during what, like the late 80s, early 90s, it looks like? Yeah. 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 Really, just a super yeah. fun, like, kind of capery type of movie. It's not really a caper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of... but it's a comedy. Yes. I guess there aren't a lot of comedy capers except, uh, like, Blue Streak that we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Wheels within wheels, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. You know what? Honestly, this makes me think of this would be a good double feature with Burn after reading. Yes, That's exactly agreed. What I was mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they're both about Im- incredibly stupid spycraft. Mm-hmm. But maybe Matt Damon won't be shot in the face for our amusement somewhere in the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> God, Burn after reading is good. Oh man, yeah. Oh, I would man. one night I would watch Burn after reading and The Informant, and then the next night watch all the Ocean's movies. <laughs> So you can get <laughs> these guys doing doofusy capers and then these guys doing fun, slick capers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's a good plan. That sounds like a great weekend. Oh, it sounds great. Oh, my God. It sounds, I'd be so drunk by the end. <laughs> none of it sounds like for a recipe for being number one at the box office, though. That's true. No, sadly, it's not. Can't beat this. The animated films, um, Mr. T. Wow. Yeah, I don't think he's been included in the yes. cast list before. Wow. Uh, Andy Samberg, Bruce Campbell, James Conn, Anna Ferris, and Bill Hader starring in the number one movie, The Box Office, Clouding the Chance of Meatballs. On September 18th, the machine turns water into food. When the ultimate invention goes out of control. Mamma mia. Get ready. I've got to stop the machine. The fate of the world depends on me. To bite it. The pizza's chasing us. I'm surrounded by man-eating chickens. I think they're kind of cute. They ate grass. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Cute. <laughs> and some, uh, I chicken remember- rent. My ex, who was a, a early childhood education person, had to. It's like, Ugh, I don't want to see that movie. And like, you love the book. I'm like, I do, and I just totally forgot it was a kids' book. Yeah, because it doesn't. Yeah, the look of the book isn't anything like this film. No, and uh, and it's Bill Hader in the starring role, and like that that shouldn't phase anybody ten years later. But ten years ago, like he's just a cast member in SNL. Like that's it's just yeah. inspired Pixar S casting, like not the biggest celebrity in the world, mm-hmm. but the guy most capable of being this character. Sure. I don't think that's cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. No, I remember you seeing ads for it and thinking like, oh my god, it's gonna be like fucking cat in the hat or the Grinch stole Christmas, where it's like you took a cute little story, it's a very short, adorable story, and you're gonna blow it up with a bunch of backstory and you're gonna make it really wacky and fart sounds, blah blah blah. So I slept on this. And then uh, a couple of years later something called the Lego movie came out. And I was like Holy shit, that was amazing. What mm-hmm. else have these guys done? Oh, they did this. Okay, did this. it's Lord and Miller. Clone um, High who... to Phil Lord and Chris Miller's 
Cloudy with a Chance of yes. Meatballs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and then so we, and then we all this. and then we all slept in the second Lego movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen so, a cultural phenomenon fade so fast. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anybody yeah. who's seen that movie. But everything else they've done, I love. Last Man uh, on Earth, I loved. Into the Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse is like the best movie of the decade. Oh wow, so they good. did that too. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's so good. It really is. It's so good. I've watched it like so ten times. I watched yeah. this. And just expecting still like, but they're still going to dumb it down for the kids. Right. And there's plenty of dumb shit for the kids, but I laughed so hard a bunch of times. That's good to hear. I loved it. (gasps) Okay. There is one gag in here though. That is the reason I think that this movie just won me over and it wasn't going to lose me besides the fact that Bruce Campbell's the bad guy. And that's always fun. (laughs) There's a scene where like, okay, so, so Bill Hader is this, you know, wacky scientist and he builds this machine that, makes it rain food and it's going to save the economy of this little island town because now people can just come and have rain food rain on them and it's so much fun so anna ferris is like a weather reporter goes to report on this and they start having like making kissy faces at each other a little bit but her thing is that she couldn't get ahead when she was herself so she got really made up and doesn't wear glasses and acts really stupid and he convinces her to put her glasses on and put her hair in a boring ponytail and now she's beautiful (laughs) And I was like, oh, I love so this movie funny. so much for subverting that bullshit. It's a oh, reverse. Just take your glasses off. Oh, my God. And it's just, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a lot of goofy, a little goofy comedy and, you know, giant steaks falling from the sky. And then the problem is that the food starts getting bigger and bigger and more and more destructive. Mm. And it starts attacking really recognizable world monuments, which they mention. So this seems to be some sort of thing where it's only falling on tourist attractions that are really recognizable, like the Eiffel Tower. Oh, no. (laughs) Yep. I'm sure kids would love it because they love the idea of, like, I could go in a castle made of jello, but it totally, totally watchable for the grown-ups. Cool. I loved it. Awesome. I'm not sure if I've ever seen the whole thing, but it plays on, like, Cartoon Network and cable, and every time I've watched it, like, why the fuck didn't I watch this? Mm -hmm. And I I can always sit down and watch it for, like, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do need. To, I would. I should see the whole thing. It did get a sequel eventually, didn't it? It did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It did get a sequel. I haven't watched that yet, but I believe it's on Netflix right now. Oh, or or Amazon Prime. It's on something streaming that's pretty popular. I'm yeah, in. it's it's short. It's only like ninety minutes, and it was a lot of fun. I am in, uh, but for television, I'm in for most of most oh, all of this. This is crazy. This is monster week. This is crazy, uh, and it even it starts with uh, a big one, which is a, a really just well a wonderful episode to a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. However, I believe historically. Mike Judge thought King of the Hill was ending, like, I think four seasons ago, mm-hmm. and they made a mm-hmm. great, what is a great last episode, and then they <laughs> last minute renewed them, and they went another few years, and they had to make a second last episode to Sirloin with Love, but it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's really good. It's so, so I didn't realize that this was the finale, mm-hmm. and then someone told me, like, oh, no, the one where he becomes a meat inspector, he takes meat inspector classes, the- in, like the school debate team. But for meat inspection, I was like, you're right. That's the perfect last episode. It it, it's the perfect last episode because Hank like Hank and Bobby grilling together. Hank and Bobby. Hank finally has a connection with his son that isn't ruined by the end of the episode. It turns out <laughs> from from all this manly talk, Bobby, uh, like <laughs> he actually learns something and ends up being able to inspect meat. But I don't know why the, there's a varsity <laughs> squad of meat inspectors. 
at the Arlen High <laughs> School, but there hilarious. is. it's hilarious, that's why. <laughs> but there is, and it's, uh, it's a perfectly pleasant, uh, uh, like I would say authentic closeout. Like it's nothing spectacular. It's King of the Hill. No one... No one moves or has a baby. Like it's, it's just a good episode of King, it, it. Good episode of the King of the Hill, and it doesn't spend the whole season yeah. leading up to anything. It's just, it's just That's this nice. is it. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to play a little clip from, from the very last sequence because it's it's cute enough to listen to, and they do something fun with a the theme. Look at you, my two hillmen. We might need more food. We've got company. Well, Dad. It looks like this is the last one. Oh, you're just getting started, Bobby. You'll be grilling your whole life. Just like you. Yep. Yep. So me, I'm applauding here and like because you get to see the whole like every they're they're just cooking and the whole street shows up and mm-hmm. you didn't realize like uh King of the Hills cast of characters is pretty much just people who live on the same road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple. There's like four or five other tertiary characters. All their mains live within smelling distance. Uh, show up <laughs> and they grill and they orchestralize the theme song. That's so and, sweet. And it just yeah. it's, it seems bizarre to me that like King of the Hill only ended ten years ago. It just feels a little older than that because mm-hmm. unlike The Simpsons or even Family Guy, like. The look of King of the Hill never changed. I'm not sure if it was yeah. ever widescreen. <laughs> but uh but yeah, like every time I see them show up on fucking cable, I cannot not watch an episode of King of the Hill. It, it, I did not know it would have the kind of longevity it did. Right. It makes me miss having cable because it's not the type of show I don't think I would sit down and be like, all right, let's start season one, episode one, play, mm-hmm. and then just work my way through it. But every time I've caught it on yeah. somewhere, I'm like, God, why don't I watch this show more? In, in fact, it's really interesting to go read the reviews of the last episode because it's a mm-hmm. bunch of people like, this was never my number one show. I have a bunch of them on my DVR. But it's I'm really sad it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like I like yeah. th- this this sucks. Like I've never not it I've never not enjoyed an episode of this. It just right. it was never number one on anybody's priority list, including Fox, who would stick it at like <laughs> seven and seven thirty and like just remove it from the schedule if baseball went long. Um, but it's it's I'm surprised how sturdy it's been in syndication, and I'm surprised how memeified it's been mm-hmm. by people. <laughs> I would assume like to like it's proof to it's a testament to what how good it is. It's it's even funny to people much 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 younger who, who doing yeah. things with The Simpsons like they don't feel that way about The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, but they mm-hmm. do feel that way about I, King of the Hill. I will say seasons. about the memes, I've seen a lot of far-right Hank Hill memes, like far-right people using Hank Hill to like make fun of something. Mm. It's like, oh, so much of what you're saying, Hank Hill would absolutely be upset with you. Yep. He would, he would, no, he he's would... just he's just a friendly, affable guy. He's often shocked by things, but he doesn't like <laughs> he he doesn't like treat people badly because of it. He would see your far-right horseshit and do this. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, you're not making rock better. You're making Christianity worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, King of the Hill is so good. Uh, I cannot believe it. This really is so. Is. It's like so. It's like heartwarming. It's my TV is often stuck either on Cartoon Network or Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So when I turn it on, there is a pretty good chance King of the Hills coming up, mm-hmm. and there's a pretty good chance I'm watching that to the end. Yeah, it's also a bummer it feels that just like so sweet. Well, whenever yeah. I tend to see it, it tends to be like, uh, 
oh, I can't believe it's 5 a.m. already. Mm. And <laughs> the channels, Cartoon Network's about to turn over or Comedy Central's about to start, or start playing shit. Anyway, Barney and Friends ends today as well. Mm. Uh, and the actor... 13 would, years! It was 13 years of that shit. The actor would go on to be a famous tantric sex teacher. So that's the only, the only thing I have to say about Barney. I watched the movie a while back and was just stunned at its fucking stupidity. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And I don't say... Because I, I would never shit on a children's show. Ever. Like, I'm not supposed to enjoy it. But mm-hmm. I, like, almost teared up at a recent Blues Clues clip. Mm. Uh, so I, 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 can, I can relate. And I, the movie Follow That Bird is brilliant. Mm-hmm. You'll never see a finer North by Northwest reference than Ernie and Bert flying a plane <laughs> at Big Bird in a cornfield. It looks fucking impressive as hell. And, <laughs> but Barney, the Barney movie is fucking terrible. You're going to mm. sing that song three times. Oh god! Oh my god! Yep. This is a motion picture. That was film such cost a, money. It was like the closest thing that I remember to a meme as a in elementary school is people talking about Barney and then making up new lyrics to the "I Love You" song. Yeah, kind of was like a whole thing. Uh, I remember, and I was exposed to a lot of Barney because my sister is much younger than me. Here's the one I remember because oh, it's, it's a good misdirect. It yeah. sounds like "I Love You." You love me, mm-hmm. homosexuality, oh. and then you crack up on the fucking gym floor in middle school, and <laughs> and that's. I mean, you got to keep going with the verses. No, that was it. That was homosexuality. The, the, the guy who is did that to people of the same gender. The guy who did that other. should have been crowned king, like on the spot. <laughs> like it, like he, it brought us to our fucking knees. Oh boy! Because everyone else was like making parody <laughs> lyrics, and like that's yeah. all I needed. Yeah. Um, and the Guiding Light finale airs end of an era. Oh, wow. Guiding Light. So literally the longest running show of all time. Wow. Do you want to know when this began on radio? Oh, oh wow. Wow. 1937. Wow. Guiding Light began on the radio in 1937. It moved over to TV. And in like, yeah, the 60s. I think went to an hour in the late seventies. It broadcast combined with radio eighteen thousand two hundred and sixty-two episodes. But people don't care about soap operas anymore. So Guiding Light, the longest running thing of all time, is gone. Mm-hmm. All I all I can think of right now is right now in two thousand nine, there are like sixteen of the shittiest young people you've never met who have no idea why they're rich because their great grandfather created guiding light, <laughs> and <laughs> and then they're then they're told the checks are no, no, no longer coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. want to see their face. Someone should have filmed it. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they were the shittiest kids imaginable. There's probably mm. some syndication checks coming in from Soap Opera Channel. <sighs> Does that still exist? Soapnet. Uh, we'll see. Uh, also on the 16th, uh, well, on the 16th, George Sakai and his partner become the first gay couple on the newlywed game. Oh, my. George yeah. George Sakai might have the most fun come out period of mm-hmm. this era. Oh, yeah. He sure did. I don't, because I, I don't mean, know, I don't know why. Like, fuck it, he's in his, he's like 70, so go for it, dude. Have yes. fun. And he's doing all the things. Yep. Yeah, he's it wasn't. It wasn't just writing a, plays. He's doing activist stuff. Because no he's offense to like Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, he's like, but I'm a person. And I just want to live my own life. Whereas mm-hmm. George Takei was like, no, no, no. It's mm-hmm. my time to be in the spotlight. <laughs> and like, I'm going to be on the Howard Stern telling a really gross story every, every day on Howard Stern. I'm going to mm-hmm. be on every show <laughs> saying the gayest shit imaginable. And like, I don't know why, but like, I didn't. I was like, oh, 
I never thought. I never thought he'd be. I don't know. It never yeah. occurred to me. He was just kind of like the perfect ambassador, yeah. I think, for our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Anyone who still needs to get on the side of gay rights, yes. like he's a great ambassador for yeah. that. I feel like because everyone kind of who's older remembers him from their childhood mm-hmm. or growing up watching Star Trek and oh, and so now glad you got the name right. I know I, I kind of <laughs> got worried paused, for a second you, you saw my face <laughs> it's been a long day and I'm like got Babylon it. Five. got to get this one right anyways Georgia guy was great on Kevin Sorbo's Andromeda we all remember it oh <laughs> uh, yeah anyways so yeah he's really played his cards most perfect way i feel like mm, yeah I, I yes, yes. I, I, <laughs> agreed. agreed i'm doing yep. a terrible still, time. Yeah, still acting i'm watching uh the terror infamy right now and I, I was so glad to see him pop up because it's you know one of the first big media things about japanese internment which right. he was fucking interned right it's like but, oh god we're gonna what? lose that we're gonna lose that generation of stories he has a play i think on broadway right now about it that he wrote about cool. the internment his experience. Yeah, which by the way, I, like I'm not, I'm dumb. I'm not the dumbest person in the world mm. or, or most uneducated person in the world. Mm-hmm. I am a little bit. Didn't know anything about that ever mm. until like a, around this time yeah. going to California and like going to like, I think Diana was with, may have been with me then. We went to Angel Island and they started talking. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Like uh, I didn't know it was like this entrenched and weird and, and just mm-hmm. to Kai, like I, I'm sure he's been in stuff, but like I admire his activism as a, as of this period yeah. it's really really fun yeah. and, and yeah. The, yeah he's like your great he's like your gay grandpa too mm-hmm. where it's just like the jokes are kind of corny like dad jokes sometimes but a little naughty wink and, mm-hmm. and i think he was yeah. the first old celebrity i saw that like he was so good at social media he eventually clearly sold it and it became like this weird little empire that right. i eventually had to stop following because mm-hmm. yeah. like this is clearly not a person's post um, but he was such a good follow. Mm-hmm. God damn, George yeah. guy. This is this is this is fun. Oh uh, yeah, this is just a little thing on the seventeenth. The office is back, mm-hmm. and the episode is gossip. And I was talking to you about it yes. the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, I just want to mention the office because it has one of my favorite cold opens of all time. And you just and I guessed it. Yeah, <laughs> you just was like, you were like, like, what it, is it? It's parkour, right? Like, yes, yes, it's parkour. <laughs> the <laughs> best, one of the parkour, best parkour. parkour. <laughs> It's so funny, and because these Dorcases just like doing somersaults yeah. poorly yeah. <laughs> with their shirts all untucked. It's it's one of those things that like um, <laughs> when I was really staunchly against an American office because I love the English one so much. Mm-hmm. I just see the parkour scene like that never would have happened. Yeah, and this is yeah. this 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 is why it's different. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's perfect, and it's just a great episode overall. By mm-hmm. the way, it's called Gossip because. Uh, Michael Scott wants to be in on the gossip and he kind of feels left out. So he hears some tidbit that Stanley might be cheating on his wife. So he then tells everyone in the office, but then realizes, oh shit, I'm going to ruin Stanley's life. So then he makes up a bunch (laughs) of lies about everyone else and starts spreading that around the office. And it's hilarious, including Toby saying, who told you I was a virgin? I have a daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, holy is this, shit this is the season that Ellie Kemper comes in right oh man she, I, th- no, I want to say it's she's already season? there she's is already she? there yeah. yep mm-hmm. oh I thought she yeah no cool. she's definitely in this episode and she's 
uh, so great. I thought they, Pam and Jim just got married, I feel like, in terms no, of they're our not, show. They get married in this season because okay. last season at the end we find out Pam's pregnant. And so that ends All up right. being one of the rumors that he spreads that's actually true in this episode. Right. It's so good. Like I sat down to watch the cold open and then I just watched three more episodes after that because <laughs> it's just – it's really good you got to be careful season. with The Office. It, do, I will not man. put that on even for research for this show. Just too distracting. Too much. Uh, and – and, uh, whoa, sweet. We can steer in a little bit of garbage. Sure. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. On the 14th, the Jay Leno show debuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jay Leno <sighs> going to make a killing in it prime begins. time. Yeah. It begins. I I encourage you folks to listen to the Laser Time episode of the complete saga of Conan O'Brien's Tonight Show as a precursor to all this because it's very, very fun and includes very little Jay Leno. But uh, this is NBC so desperate and afraid of losing Jay Leno, even though they know... <laughs> His audience is dying. If that audience has another place to go, we will lose all of them forever. So we're going to give them a 10 o'clock spot. And they were so excited. We're going to save so much fucking money uh, by not hiring <laughs> the amount of writers and mm-hmm. not shooting a normal show. Because right. this spot was the Law & Order spot, the ER spot. And yeah. now it's it's the Jay Leno hour. And like mm-hmm. it tanked hard. Hard and ruined their whole schedule afterwards, which I didn't realize was that important. I have no idea why the Tonight Show is so lucrative. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. But it, even going back and reading the book, there's a lot of money involved in the Tonight Show, and NBC fucked all that up forever I this mean, week. You think though, at least the first episode probably got a pretty good rating because I mean, yeah. the guests right. on it were Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and then musical guests, yep. musical guests, Jay Z, Kanye, and Rihanna. What? For Run This Town, and this is the night after Kanye's uh, exciting times at the VMAs. Uh, So, uh yeah. We we do have, we're going to get to that. The VMAs at the end. Uh, Because so much exciting uh, TV stuff happens this week, including the debut. That debuts, but Mm -hmm. let's talk about the debut. Two debuts. I can't believe they're the same day. Yeah. Two of my favorite shows the last 10 years. Now they're 10 years old, and I'm so ancient. Same day uh, that we have the debut of Archer. It's like 14 theme songs ago. Yep. <laughs> and I, 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 I do not dislike this show in the slightest. Mm-hmm. But I've never I been a huge fan of it. Yeah. Or not a huge fan. Just like I, I've never uh, sought it out. It used to come on Netflix and I'd watch them all mm-hmm. you know, in one big binge. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of stopped doing that. Right before their beach season, which I thought was a really funny idea, mm-hmm. and it's it's never not made yes. me laugh. And I think the show's it just it's just so strange. It's is created by Adam Reed, the guy who created the show Sea Lab twenty twenty one, which to me is perfect. Mm. And <laughs> and that's that was Hanna Barbera saying like, let's take one of our shitty shows from like the late sixties, early seventies, and reanimate it like Space Ghost. But but Archer doesn't have to look like that too. <laughs> Why does Archer look like that? No, the the animation has improved over time. Yeah. Um, but they they put a lot of work into oddly the backgrounds. But it has yeah. like a it, it has a distinctive look to it that they're going for. First of all, sixties mod Mad Men with spies, but starring a total dick who's an idiot, is just the luckiest son of a bitch in the world. 
but should be dead like a million times because he's such a fucking idiot. See, I see, love I just, that. Sometimes it looks to me like it doesn't need to be animated, except that you can't have John Benjamin as the <laughs> Archer character in yeah. real life, which is which is great. Which is great. He's one of my favorite voice actors. I'm not trying to shit yeah. on the show. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I'm trying to explain why, why I don't love it as much as everybody else does. Because mm-hmm. well, I, I do it like it. It barely needs to be animated because it's the, the dialogue is so heavy and cross-cutty and funny. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> sometimes you don't really need to be watching. You can do other stuff and just listen to it like a radio play and you're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. That's a good point. No, that's, that's yeah. my animation slam against it. It's like it's not animated a <laughs> lot like sometimes. Yeah. I mean because mm. I kind of feel the same way you do. Mm about it that um, I don't dislike this show and every time I watch it I'm like this show is great but mm-hmm. I've never been compelled to seek it out mm-hmm. I think because after like three episodes I have been like tried to binge it a couple times mm-hmm. and about three or four episodes I'm like I get it <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see what this is it's great it is great but it is like eh, this is this is I see yeah, what this I, is I, don't I like, get it I, I like it enough to not want to relegate it to like that put it on in the background kind of show. Right. But, but, mm. but uh, I feel like I'm shitting all over Archer. I, do I don't I mean like, to. Because I know yeah, it is they're... so beloved that mm-hmm. just giving a mm-hmm. I like it take seems like I am saying I hate it, which is not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And the whole cast is fucking amazing. Yeah. They're all oh like my, my favorite people. Judy Greer, yeah. Chris Parnell, Jessica Walter, mm-hmm. um, and the rest. <laughs> and the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, right. What I was going to say is that there's one thing that I feel like you kind of have to respect is that the show was just willing to start over every season and it's yeah. done that for like almost half its run, maybe even half its run now, where they just decide, oh, Archer got put in the coma at the end of a season. And so now we're just in his head. So we're going to have a film noir themed season. Wow. But it doesn't actually matter. It's just fun to just take the characters and put them in the sitting. Now they live on a tropical island. Yeah. Um, now they're in space. Uh, <laughs> now they're drug dealers. Okay. <laughs> sometimes there's an fun. explanation and sometimes it's, no, it's just happening in his head, I guess. I don't know. Are they still spies? Maybe. I mean, ISIS kind of ruined the show. I feel like they they were forced to do something because they worked for a spy, a spy agency named ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> and then those that fucking assholes break. in the Middle East screwed that up. But they, they could have gone to the rival Odin, where Jeffrey Tambor is in charge, maybe. I don't know. Well, you found another uh, way to scream so at Jessica damn. Walter. <laughs> show is so damn funny, and brings on good guest stars. Like I, I never would have guessed that uh, Timothy Oliphant or Christian Slater would be like, "Oh shit, I think they're better voice actors." Wow, they're great voice actors. Yeah, I would not expect that for Timothy Oliphant. I have to say, yeah, Too yeah, cool. I love Archer. Too love cool. Too handsome. And this is why it's hard to talk about this because the next show is one of my favorite shows of the entire decade. Yes. Yeah. That that holds up really, really oh, well. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah! Theme song makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. I got to hear the. No, the hook's going to take a while. Community, created by Dan Harmon. Uh, again, if you Rick and Morty folks want to see, well, why Rick and Morty is so good, uh, it's because Dan Harmon is working on mm-hmm. it, and he was always already doing weird shit without 
characters with a penchant for time traveling and interdimensional mm. travel. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's an interdimension, there's like a wonderful dimensional episode of Community, which oh, which man. makes me just giggle that it was like, wow, this aired on NBC at eight o'clock. Like this is totally lost on people it's who a- are now enjoying the revival of Will and Grace. It's a wonder it- that it lasted as long as it did. Yes, that Truly. it got to six seasons it's a modern with no miracle. movie, mm-hmm. and and has one bad season, but two really good ones after that. Mm-hmm. So like the show is fantastic. One of the greatest casts of all mm-hmm. time. Yes. And And it was already just sort of a shock to be like, oh, shit, Chevy Chase is back on television for the first time in like 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. As a series regular. Are you kidding me? And in a great show. And is livid about it. (laughs) Yeah. Constantly mean. I'll never forget because I I interviewed Joel McHale about this show on the phone before Mm -hmm. it came on. And he was like. Crazy. I didn't know he had three kids and like he's, mm-hmm. he's still doing the soup and then starring in an NBC mm-hmm. sitcom and he's like I think I might have to quit stand up and I'm like dude that sucks he's like no I'm not that good it's fine <laughs> it, like it, it was, it, he he talked shit about no one and like and at the time I remember like yeah it's got it's like The Office and has Chevy Chase and it's like no 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 it's nothing this is boring for anybody else but me but like mm-hmm. I got the show totally wrong when I looked at it and you might have too right uh, mm-hmm. because I thought it was a uh, a mockumentary office style show set in a college. Sure. Which it's not. Mm. Well, because we also have Parks and Rec going at the same time. Yeah. And it all kind of seems like it all, oh, this is just what this night is about now. (laughs) Yes. And and, and the only person I recognized was Chevy Chase. And that, that's like the least important member of the cast, even though his character is awesome because it's making fun of who Chevy Chase is. (laughs) (laughs) Does Chevy Chase know that? I don't, I I don't know. Unclear. Unclear. Having just watched glow, which is like the first time I saw Alison Brie, even though I probably saw her on Mad Men first, uh, Gillian Jacobs, uh, Mm -hmm. fuck it. Danny Pudi, Donald Glover, Nicole Brown, Brown, Donald Glover, Mm -hmm. Jim Rash. Like it's, it's Jim Rash. Oh my God. Academy Award winner. Yes. Academy Award winner. Homie, don't Dean this. (laughs) It's just (laughs) making fun of sitcoms and catchphrases. Like, and I really go back, even if you have seen the show, watch the first episode. Mm -hmm. Cause I think there's a mid season break. And then like Abed's like, we need to repilot. You need to be Hawkeye. You can't be the guy who doesn't <laughs> want to be here anymore. You need to be the guy who's our friend and everyone likes mm-hmm. and, and makes this livable. <laughs> and it's so surreal because the show does change tones. It mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And yet it was still, I think, really accessible mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. It was. It really skated that line. I mean, the other day you were talking to my mom. She was like, I loved that show with Chevy Chase. And you were like, community? And she was like, yes, it was so great when it was on. My mom, like me, cannot remember the name of anything. But It has my favorite Goodfellas parody. Yeah. It, <laughs> that involves chicken fingers. <laughs> uh, yep. Ken Jeong, John yeah. Oliver, like big parts of the first season. Uh, yeah, well, the, the how dense they would get with their themes, mm-hmm. I think, is what sells the show for me. Because, yeah, there's there's plenty of episodes where there's a parody or a theme, and there's plenty that aren't. But when they do one, they clearly really, really worked on it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a Goodfellas parody. What's my favorite? Oh, yeah, the, the multiverse episode, yeah. I yeah. think, is a masterpiece of how well they plotted that out. Of, you know, kind of a sliding doors thing or butterfly effect. Like, if one thing changes... Let's see the evening. What what would happen this way? And um, oh, what was the one? Oh, the musical episode. Oh You're my welcome God. for everything in the world. It's the baby they, boomer they song. Combined, <laughs> they, they come. They made a musical episode out of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yep. Yeah. But it's about swing choir. <laughs> yeah. And my introduction to Taron Killam weirdly. Um, oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have a clip from it. Oh, I just pulled a little clip from the beginning when Dean is giving his talk, <laughs> his welcoming talk. It's not super welcoming. Yeah. And he's kind of pointing out all these different archetypes. And that was one of the other great things about this show mm-hmm. is that Abed he, thought he was in a show. So he talked to the audience like you're watching a TV show and made right. fun of television and you watching a show. And you have a like multicultural, multi-generational group of people mm-hmm. that are together and they do all have archetypes that are assigned to them and yet subvert those at almost every turn. Mm-hmm. Yep. While still reinforcing them at times, too. <laughs> it's just a lot, and it's all really good. It's so good. <laughs> good morning. How do we turn this off? Can we help me turn this off? Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. How do we turn this off? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't mean to snap. Uh, good morning. Uh, many of you are halfway through your first week here at Greendale and uh, as your dean, I thought I would share a few thoughts of wisdom and inspiration. <laughs> what is community college? Well, you've heard all kinds of things. You've heard it's loser college for remedial teens, 20-something dropouts, middle-aged divorcees, <laughs> and old people keeping their minds active as they circle the drain of eternity. That's what you heard. However, I wish you luck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know, uh uh-oh. Okay, there's more to this speech. There's actually a middle card that is missing. Can we all look? (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, so good. And like every time, every... Thing he explained it was a character turning to the to the camera. Yeah, to the, to the camera. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's a well shot show. They yeah. they. I think yeah. they raised the bar in terms of Halloween episodes and oh, Christmas God, episodes. Yes. Abed's oh, yeah. uncontrollable Christmas is must watch Christmas special to me. All stop motion animated. I, I just had the little clip someone sent me the other day that from the first season, Donald Glover and Joel McHale uh, talking about football. Every day on my way to school. I drive through downtown past the courthouse just to get a glimpse of the world that I once ruled. And I just want to jump out of my car, run up the steps, and exploit the legal system for profit. But I can't. I'm locked out of my old kingdom. You're not. You see what I'm saying? You're saying I could be a lawyer. I'm saying you're a football player. It's in your blood. That's racist. Your soul. That's racist. Your eyes. That's gay. That's homophobic. That's black. That's racist. Damn. <laughs> oh, the show's so fat, yeah. fucking fast. Like yeah. even like with Thirty Rock on the air, which was it was very quick as well. Mm-hmm. But like it wasn't mm-hmm. as quick as Community, and it's True. it's layered. It's wonderful to revisit. Like Arrested Development's first couple seasons, it has stuff going on in the background mm-hmm. all the time all that you have time. to catch. The best tertiary characters of all time. Yep. Shout out to Leonard. I believe he died. Starburns. <laughs> Starburns. Starburns. Pop pop. Pop pop. What's his name? Yep. Magnitude? Magnitude. <laughs> Magnitude. Yeah. I mean, besides, I love that they would just announce this is a theme episode. They literally just yell, screw yeah. it, we're doing a bottle episode. Yes. Um, it's a bottle episode. Well, what was the other one I was going to say? Well, I mean, we can get to the, the big episodes that have changed film history in a way. The, the D&D episode, I yeah. think, oh, yeah. might be one of my favorite episodes of anything ever. Mm-hmm. Because they're playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons, and just through like the dialogue and descriptions, I end up picturing it really clearly. Mm-hmm. But they're never showing it. They're just showing people sitting at a table for the whole time. Right. And, and it's so much fun. And I think it it 
the thing I remember making a huge splash was, I think it was the first season. It wasn't the finale. It's like the 20th episode, but it was the paintball episode. Yep. That's what and, I wanted to get to. So right. directors of the highest grossing film of all time. Mm-hmm. This was them showing that they could do action and they ended up getting hired for it. So yeah, Russo brothers doing the paintball episode, which is so much fun. Yeah, and they would end up doing something like that every season and even making yeah. fun of the fact mm-hmm. that they're making doing something like that every season. Mm-hmm. But then it ended up with Lava World in the final season, which was great. <laughs> uh, Lava World is awesome. Where, But uh, yeah, yeah, the, I, I can't even describe pain. It just, uh, it's uh, like Diana said, it's the Russo brothers. I think they directed Arrested Development too. Really good comedy yeah. directors. And they the show's, the episode's not played straight, but it is sort of like, Oh god! A paintball competition for a shitty like all you can eat ice cream for a year mm-hmm. went out of control, and now we're in the post apocalypse, and it's yeah. shot like an action movie. Yeah, no, that's the first one. the The first one is a one parter, instructed by Justin Lin. It's it's a really good show. So good. I, I, I think it's my biggest recommend of this episode it is my biggest yes, recommend of this episode for sure uh, agreed it's it's the best show there being yeah after you read those two books i mentioned mm-hmm. go back and rewatch <laughs> all of community <laughs> yep it's on hulu go for it including the lost yahoo season uh which is that's on hulu it is too? on hulu so yes. everything is together everything now. is together okay cool hashtag that six seasons in a movie also too i mean even at the end where they s- I think Chevy Chase left, and then we got other Dies. tertiary <laughs> characters. I mean, we get right. Omar and Mike Ermintrout yeah. in the same show. He's a duck, and editors are interested. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. Oh, my God. Hey, we had names for guys like you in the joint. We called them mean people. I watched Chevy Chase's death episode like twice a year. Because Walton Goggins comes in to present everybody. Oh my God! Yes, like, Sir Walton Goggins. Your your bright shining light on my life. On my life. Here's your sperm. <laughs> All right, you'll see the episode and it all makes sense. But yeah, watch Community. Oh God, we got to go back to the VMAs. Oh God, yes. Mm. <sighs> so the Community should have been the number one story in the news. God damn it. Yeah, well, we see the award stuff for last because it takes forever. But uh, this one had an even bigger moment that I don't remember the fuck one other than one person mm-hmm. and that somebody had a problem with. The first award of the night. Oh, was it? It's Ooh, the first award way to of set the an night. awkward tone. So I'm not sure if I'd even heard of this person before. And if I did. Really? I th- but as a country person. Okay, yeah. But this is what happened when Taylor Swift wins, like, I don't know, a new award because she's turned pop. Let's be like to maybe win one of these someday but I never actually thought that would happen uh, I sing country music so thank you so much for giving me a chance to win a VMA award I Yo, Taylor I- I'm really happy for you I'm gonna let you finish but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time Fucking asshole. Uh, what a fucking But I mean, asshole. that's why we watch the VMAs, is for moments like this. Yeah, but he, he doesn't give a fuck about Beyonce. He just wanted to make a moment for himself. Mm, and this, this, yeah. uh, fuck that shit. Like, I, really? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, come on. Are we hmm. defending Kanye here? 
Are we defending a no. bunch of rich people who don't care about? And I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. This is a young girl winning an award for music that she was like, "I'm really honored by this." And I, I and what really made me mad, okay, uh-huh. is I like I I didn't watch the video first. I went and like Reese because they're still feuding. Apparently, like they keep feuding okay. and unfeuding. It has been yeah. an ongoing for fucking thing. ten years since mm-hmm. then. And I just see the picture. I'm like, wait, how did Kanye get a mic? So I got really mad. Like, because if it's staged and they gave him a mic, mm-hmm. all all is fine. But he wouldn't grab the mic no. from her. Like yeah, a, like apparently he did, but it's off camera, so yeah, we, we right. don't get to see that. Yeah, he just walks up and takes the mic away from her. Mm. Yeah, like and, a uh, young there is, new musician. Billboard, I, I believe this Billboard just did a great oral history of this, talking to producers and people in like the cable bus outside that's like actually managing and directing the show and everything. Mm-hmm. And them, like the combination of super freaking out and being so overjoyed that like, yes, we got a viral moment. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. And then like running backstage, Taylor Swift and her mom are both crying Mm -hmm. and like talking to them. Like they're going to leave. Beyonce is getting up. She says she's leaving. She's so fucking pissed off. Pink runs up and starts screaming in Kanye's face during the commercial break. Oh man. Pink is the best. (laughs) And one of the producers, it did the smartest thing ever, which said, look, we know who's going to win. Beyonce, you're going to win an award later this evening. Mm-hmm. Why don't you invite Taylor up then and it will all heal itself, which it does. But it also gives you a beautiful storyline mm-hmm. with a hero and a villain. Mm-hmm. It's so smart, but also evil. It's true. And then right after that, Taylor Swift goes off and does a big performance, even though she'd just been like crying and her mom was crying because she was like 19. She's like, Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I, I just felt like this. Hey. I, I've yeah. never cared no, about this until drunk. I looked into like, it. They, the, the article, they talk about like everyone is watching him walk up. I think it was a bottle of Hennessy and mm-hmm. watching it get lower and lower while he's on the red carpet and going, oh, shit. <laughs> he is really drunk already. He wasn't, he wasn't quite, I think, was this the beginning but, of like crazy? No, Kanye? no. We still had, we had still, I mean, I think Kanye has always had a spirit of, chaos in him (laughs) i mean maybe the first one i was exposed to or the world on this biggest stage yeah and so this is maybe we're starting to see it a little bit Mm. i mean i don't really feel for anyone in this situation she parlayed this into an army basically (laughs) that you know you just you don't want your taylor swift fans to come after you ever i imagine because they are rabid Mm -hmm. much like the bayhive um Mm -hmm. so you know i think everybody got what they wanted out of this situation okay that's probably fair yeah yeah i think so i think it's a fun little piece of pop culture artifact and it like i said it's the vmas this is what people want from the vmas it's true it's true and like i i i I said that about something nobody would remember that that she won this award except for this moment i said that about woodstock because mtv played up all the things that went wrong in woodstock Mm -hmm. mtv when this the music awards comes on, runs this like behind the scenes documentary and only shows you the chaos. And like when the guy from rage against the machine just climbs the scaffolding mm-hmm. or will Ferrell interrupts, mm-hmm. what about crazy town? Mm-hmm. They should have won an award. <laughs> they only show, they, they spotlight the people who ruin the show kind of encouraging it. So yeah. it's on MTV yeah. too. Yeah. And, oh, totally. But you know, Kanye's ruined a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not ruined. He's just, I don't think so. One of the most obnoxious, gifted people in, in our world right now. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then I sort of worry about him. Like, yes. Are, are all the wires stuck where they're supposed to be stuck, Kanye? Because, mm. yeah, you, you seem very smart and also I, really stupid sometimes. Well, I think he's a genius and I think that he is surrounded by people who may not have his best interest in heart. Mm. Very true. 
There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. So let's move on to video games of 2009 because I can't muster any more care at this late an hour for who won a VMA <laughs> in 2009. I mean, we covered the important people. There you go. Single ladies ends up being video of the year, so Beyonce can bring her on. Yeah, it should be. Good. It was the best video of all time. Video games of 2009. I don't want to talk about these either, but it is odd. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, and we didn't get another one for 10 years until no. right now. Toy Story Mania on the Wii, one of the only games I can think of that coincided with its own Disney theme park ride. Yeah. Usually that takes a while. Oh, right, yeah. And, and I hate this game, and I hate that ride. I hate that ride. That <laughs> ride sucks. It sucks. It, the, the outdoors of it is better than the ride itself. Mm-hmm. And the line is always really long. Like, why are you lining up to, like, play a bad video game? Mm. Like, why is this here? Uh, Red Faction Guerrilla is out a great game where you can de- destroy a... Uh, an entire colony on Mars. Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, a really, really great game what? where Mario and Luigi go inside of Bowser himself. And, Interspace uh, style? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and play a, a cute little RPG. Needs for Speed Shift. The series goes back to more, I guess, serious racing, but still arcadey enough to be enjoyed by Kajis. And Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver comes out in Japan. The remakes and my first Pokemon game 10 oh. years ago. And that is it for 302010. You can find out more at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. We are supported by patreon.com slash lasertime, which uh, helps us pay for all of our hosting, keeps everyone paid. Uh, we really do appreciate all of our co- contributors. It helps out not only this show, but uh, all of our other shows. Bonus time, the weekly show you get just by being a, con- a contributor. That's exclusive to you guys. Uh, Laser Time and uh, Video Game Apocalypse, our weekly video game show, and hopefully more to come. Mm-hmm. Di, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at ListenNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or see uh, me teasing what's coming up on the podcast at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And speaking of best things of all time, mm. next week, we might have the best week of TV debuts no. of all time. I can't wait. Oh, I'm dreading it. All time. And Archer and Community on the same night, that's pretty awesome. No, no, no. All time. All Woo. time. Get ready, uh, y'all. Oh, I'm so excited. That's crazy. All right, but with that, we got to know who's who be dead and who be alive. Nobody's All right, on. so Deaths and Burst, the, the spinning wheel of Samsara. 2009, we lost Mary Travers <laughs> to Peter, Paul, and Mary. She was 72. Mm. And we lost Patrick Swayze, who was 57. Gosh. Fuck you, pancreatic cancer. That, that oh, still is, it's still something I find hard to believe that Me Patrick too. Swayze's gone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't watching Patrick Swayze movies in 2009 either. I mean, I mean, true. other than the old ones. Yeah. Uh, Outsiders, Point Break, Dirty Dancing. I've seen Dirty Dancing mm. more times than I can count. Like, Oh, talk about first crushes. He was one of my first crushes. Mm-hmm. That's why well. I'm with Outsiders and Point Break. Come on. Mm. Uh, and and uh, apparently a pretty good dude as well. And, uh, yes, by kinda, all accounts. Uh, and it was starring in a show at the time. Like, like just exactly. had a show, an entire show had to be canceled. Cause what show? I think it was called The Beast. Huh. Called The Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he found out he was sick like right after the pilot got picked up, I think. Damn. Mm-hmm. And like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, because it wasn't. It, you're right. It wasn't sudden. We sort of knew he was something was happening with him, mm-hmm. and but it, it, yeah. it, it did feel very sudden when he, well, we just he, lost Patrick Swayze, an yeah. 80s icon. He just dropped out of the public eye, I think, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, well, it, he was diagnosed at stage four pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. which means oh crap. Mm. Yeah, he, yeah, that's a real hard one to fight. It so, can happen, but I guess not not for him. You want to lighten things up with a birthday quiz? Birthday quiz. Yes. <laughs> Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, birthday! Been kind of on a roll recently. 
All right. Jinxed this, myself. This is, a, this is a tough one to, like, figure out how to, like, not have you get it right away. Mm. But you might still get it right away. Really interesting person. And the more I learned about him, the more I was like, wow, is this a great story. Continuing with our <laughs> 1969 being, like, the best year ever, we got another guy turning 50 this week. Ooh. Born September 13th, 1969 in New Orleans. Who dat? Mm. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. Dad, no. <laughs> Fair guess, though. His dad was not the DA of New Orleans. He was an abusive piece of shit who beat this kid up so badly he attempted suicide as a child. Mm. Oh, my God. Also, later, a DNA test showed that wasn't even his biological dad in the first place. Huh. He was also repeatedly molested as a child. Oh, boy. Okay. He's 50. Uh, he dropped out of high school, and then when he watched an episode of Oprah about the therapeutic value of writing, he started to do that. Um, Tyler Perry. It is Tyler Perry. Yeah! God damn it. Woo! Woo! Hey, really? I didn't know he had such a tragic backstory. I didn't know that either. A horrible oh backstory. And then, let me tell you, the rest of the story, he threw his entire life savings into putting on one of his plays, and it failed. Oh. It wiped him out. Then he rewrote it, and he wrote, rewrote it, restaged it in 1998, and it became a hit. He kept writing plays. They kept doing better and better. And in the last 20 years, he has written, produced, or directed 23 plays, 24 movies, and 10 TV series. Get it. Mm. Yeah. He's only 50. Yep. After an upbringing like that. We just talked about him last week. We did. We've mm-hmm. talked about, oh, uh, let's see, eight movies of Pies Tyler Perry's wow. in. Uh, Medea's Family Reunion, Daddy's Little Girls, Why Did I Get Married, Meet the Browns, Family of the Praise, Star Trek, Medea Goes to Jail, and I Can Do Bad All By Myself, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he he's only 50 just and fully self-made it, it's i'm like inspired now even though wow. i don't especially care for his products <laughs> well that is like oh man i read it i read some quotes from spike lee that were oh, yeah oh pretty brutal he inspired much like kanye west west he inspires strong feelings in people yeah <laughs> good way to put it thanks <laughs> <laughs> That is it for us. Uh, once again, the show is executive produced by T.L. Foster and many other people at Patreon.com slash LazerTime, supporting the whole LazerTime network, including 302010. We do appreciate your support. Price of, uh, what is it? The price of a cup of coffee can help you support an entire podcast network and keep people paid and fed. This is my only job, and I love you for allowing me to do it. We are going to close out with Taylor Swift's You Belong With Me. because yeah. Award-winning. She, <laughs> award, Video. Yeah. Award-interrupting song, and we will see you guys next week uh, for what Diana says, one of the best weeks of TV ever, so stay ready. The best week ever. All right, guys. She wears shorts.